Hello, everybody. Welcome to the pre-show. This is the pre-show for a rare Monday show. We're doing a Monday show today. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Monday shows are, sometimes Monday shows do pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping today's Monday show will be the greatest Monday of all time. Yeah, uh, I did a pre-show to kind of get the people ready. Uh, like I, oh, I, nice. I did like a like a set up the stream stream earlier uh, on the DP Underground channel. Got did like, you see Seattle's on fire? No, I did like the actual city or just like the like the woods around us. There was a uh, fire right off I five near Mercer, and you can look over the downtown skyline, and there's like a big black cloud of smoke above it. Is it a building? Um, I think it was a homeless encampment. There might be a oh, chemical God. fire. Oh, God. Yeah. There was some building burning in Little Saigon uh, like last month. I was walking around down there. I was going to Fabok Soup Shop to get some yeah. pho, and I had to walk from the Chinatown train station to Fabok, and it's like like three blocks and on the way there there was a burning building like a block away and the cops were still i guess they were or the cops the firefighters were still like fighting it they've been fighting it like all night and they were just spraying it with water and it smelled so bad i feel like i was gonna get cancer just being there uh it's terrible yeah but no i didn't know uh it's smoky here but i don't think it's smoky because of the fire in seattle maybe i don't know how big of a it looked like the smoke was blowing the other way but there is i think summer fires as well as usual yeah yeah i think those are around here um ah. Whew, today is a fasting day man those days the jab uh, yeah did you have a good day yesterday? Did you get, break the fast? Did you do anything special? Oh, yeah. Every other day I break the fast. What did I have yesterday? I had... Uh... God, I can't even remember right now. I had... Uh... Oh, God. What did I have? Oh, there's this place that I go to in Redmond, and they make like Italian-style grinder sandwiches. Uh, and it's it tastes a lot like the kind I used to buy from my local pizza parlor in Toledo. Nice, yeah. So it's like that. I mean, the the ingredients are all pretty universal, so it's they're not hard to make. But it just reminds me of it, you know. And they put like the Italian dressing all over it, and it's got all these cheeses that are like nice and like crispy on the inside. Delicious. Yeah. Um. So I had one of those. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. When you're fasting, it's always good to make sure your on days are quality. Yes. Yeah, I try to make those quality for sure. And I don't – it's – you know, when you when you have to count calories, it gets complicated. So if you just keep it simple and just don't eat one whole day, the day that you do eat, you don't even have to worry. I mean, you do a little bit, but you don't – like you don't want to go overboard, overboard, but you don't have to be very restrictive either. You know, your stomach kind of contracts after a day of not eating, too. So, yes, you're not going to be eating as much. Yes, I get full very easily now. And usually if I can make it through the night without eating um, the uh, the next morning, I don't even feel hungry until like around lunchtime. 
or like even after. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I I've never fasted for prolonged periods of time. Like I've done like two days, maybe two and a half days, but. I don't like continue fasting when I, I don't, I don't go back to it. You know, that's usually just how I kick off a diet. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't want to do two days on this. I'm fine. Like the only thing that gets me through the one whole day is knowing that I get to eat the next day. Like I get, it's like, I can be patient for this (laughs) one day and then get to eat tomorrow I'm fine with it, but God, if I tried to do two days in a row, I probably could, but I'd probably feel pretty weird the second day. Uh. <laughs> Did you see the Rip Averse Gold post uh, post with uh, uh, our our episode with um, Mint Salad? Yeah, yeah. I I got into his uh, like into the thread and asked him if he wanted if he if we could hire him to work for our clip channel. <laughs> since, nice. Since he picks all the great clips of of our show to post, it's, they're not bad actually. I like them. On a uh, on last episode, I uh, made the Jewish American princess remark, and I saw the clip of that, and everything I said, like right before I said it. And right after I said it, there was definitely a Japanese woman in the background. Yes, I don't. I don't know how I completely missed that. Yeah, but like everything I saw, I didn't see her. And looking back on it, I was like, that couldn't have been any more perfect. If I was making the joke about the the Japanese woman in the background, I literally thought I was you like, were. Holy- I, it was probably no. it was probably a Korean woman. She was probably Korean, yeah, yeah. but yeah, there yeah. was all I know is there was an Asian, Asian lady because it was a nail yeah. salon, like like a pedicure yeah. place. So and and then you're like, look at that Jap in the background, and I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like I'm just like, and what? I'm like, I'm like, because I, 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 I know like there's the two versions. There's the racist version, and there's the Jewish American princess version. In New York City, they use the term Jap for Jewish American sure. princess often. So, like, I, I knew when I was saying it that, like, it might have elicited a response uh, just because it's, like, the same word. They even but mentioned even it realize- in the song. Yeah, like, a moment later. I didn't even realize that there was actually an Asian woman walking around behind her until, until like, I saw a clip afterwards. Because I, I, think, I think we ended up seeing her walk by when you replayed it. But then when I rewatched the entire clip afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, that was... Like that couldn't have gone any more perfectly for how horrible it came. I off. I definitely <laughs> saw her before you said it and thought that that's yeah, what I, you I were talking about. And yeah, I'm like, I didn't what? even notice. <laughs> I'm like, what's the joke here? Like, are you just being like outright racist or what? <laughs> I, just, I, I was like, because like a lot of people probably don't know the term Jewish American princess. I know it's more of a regional thing. Sure. So I figured I'd get a couple of people responding like Billy said that. I'm like, no, no, I said. Jewish American princess Jap, obviously she's right there, she's right there. But but you said in the background, well, yeah, because she was behind the rapper. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I like that's that's what makes it even more perfectly insane because the, behind her there was an Asian woman. So it was like, yes, it was like what the wow, yes, wow, yeah. wow, wow. I think we're scheduled I, to have Vito on tonight, right? Yeah, but he's not here yet. But he even retweeted it, and he's like, "We're on. I'm on DP tonight." 
and I gave him the link, nice. and I'm keeping an eye on my Twitter DMs just in case he can't get in for some reason or whatever. Um, Did you see him on Destiny the other night? No. Just talking with Destiny. Destiny was cool guying him. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I didn't see it. Man, I've just been so swamped with stuff. I haven't got to watch a lot of anything. Like, of yeah, anything. Usually, even even things I like a lot, you know? I usually... I, all I really do is watch YouTube, um, usually before bed, or while I'm working at my desk in the background. Yeah. It just yeah. got recommended to me, so I watched it. Yeah. Some of it. I don't know if I watched it all or not. He, uh... I guess he retweeted a video of Nick Fuentes having like a threatening or making comments about killing Jewish people. Yeah. It was like, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Vito will do that. Vito will talk about Nick Fuentes from time to time. I'm going to give us, I'm going to give him five more minutes to get here before we start. And then we're just going to start without him if he's not here and then he can just hop in whenever he's ready. Um, but yeah, these pre show. Oh my God. The last pre-show is performing so well right now. Like I was looking at the stats for it. Shit is getting up there. It's like there's just something about it, you know. Um, oh, here he is. Here he is. I see. Uh, let me let me ring him here. Oh, he there he is. There he is. Hello, Vito. No problem. We're live on the pre-show. Right yeah. Now. We're re- oh, okay. We're recording on our pre-show. We we throw a little extra in there for the audio feed of the show. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I'm blown out. Oh. Now, Vito blew up my DMs the other night. And I'm, I didn't uh, have anyone else to share it with. Was he drunk texting <laughs> you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share I'm going to share it with our pre-show people. Because there's no Vito, one like, who else would care about this. Vito made a, a an amazing Magic the Gathering card purchase. <laughs> You're right. I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> he opened a couple of, or he opened like a $500 plus card and got another $500 card as a bonus. Just smoked it. I was, there was Because uh, I remember you opened like a, a serialized card and I was so yeah. Yeah, no. I, when you when you told me, I was like, "Yeah, I'm the guy you want to you, you want to tell." Because I, <laughs> I was right there with you. I was like, hey, "That's dope." Hell yeah, dude! Uh, the yeah. jeweled lotus. I'm gonna That's apologize true. ahead of time because I don't know how much of Eric July's fans you've watched, but some of them are like unintentionally dude, they go hilarious. At you guys now. More than they go at us. It's crazy. It's funny that that's because we go after them directly. Uh, like yeah, like like the uh, about a week ago, the one was defending Eric July, flagging people on Twitter, and then a bunch of people I know tricked him into saying anti like transphobic shit on Twitch, and then he yeah. got flagged and kicked off of Twitch for like twenty four hours, and he was all mad about it. <laughs> well. You gotta you gotta adhere to the terms of service, right? Yeah, because he the the one guy with the with with almost like the Eric July beard, the white guy with the Eric July beard, he he yeah. thinks trans kids are fictitious things, like they they don't exist. They don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the Eric. Well, it's funny because the Eric July thing started because I came on here talking about it, and then you guys got into it because Eric July is a big dummy who yeah. uh, doesn't know how to run a business and is just picking these stupid fights he doesn't need to be picking. Yep. Like, yeah. bro, don't just don't false. If a guy posts a picture out of your comic and says your comic looks dumb, just go okay and like move on. Don't go. Oh, oh, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna DMCA strike him. It's like, just don't even waste your time. Exactly. Aren't you a millionaire? Exactly. Well, is there a grounds for a lawsuit there when they start taking people's channels away I mean, from them for fair use? Who's gonna pony up the money for that lawsuit, though? You know, like well, if, there's if, enough he, if he people. took down a, if he took down a big channel, absolutely. Like, yeah, you could absolutely be like, hey, man, uh, or just challenge the DMCA claim in court. I yeah. think the way DMCA claims work, though, is if you go, I didn't break DMCA. I don't know. It's different on Twitter. But on YouTube, like, whoever owns the copyright, if you go, no, prove it. Like, literally, the only recourse they have is to then take you to court, I think. In many cases, yeah. Um, in my, Sometimes they'll err on the side of caution and just take it down and... If they can't prove that it's theirs, I've seen them keep it off the site, but it's, I mean, it's all robots doing it anyway. Uh, yeah. The the thing that's more sad about Eric July being successful but still insecure about what people say about him is that his fans have created a new type of YouTube content, and it's just defending Eric July's feelings. That's what it is. Dude, it's it's like a really weird and all these guys who are like caught up in his success as if it's theirs. I guess yes. there's like a lot of guys <laughs> who are never gonna do anything in their life and they go, Hey, my internet dad made four million dollars and you're like, Oh, cool, how much of that do you get? It's like, Well, none. <laughs> well, then what, who gives a shit? What are you talking about? And they're like, well, yeah, I actually I actually paid to help him get that four million dollars. We're, we're gonna yeah, go I gave some of that four million. They're really <laughs> proud that they helped give their money. Right. <laughs> we're gonna go live now. Here we go, guys. In the beginning, there was nothing. There was the Drunken Peasants Podcast. I gotta get away with this. No! Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on you, man. I don't have facts to back this up. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes I cry. Oh! Lick my butthole, he laughed. <laughs> From the strangest corners of the internet, here to bring you opinions of the world from an altered perspective, here are your hosts, the Drunken Peasants. Hello everybody, welcome to the Drunken Peasants Podcast, this is episode 1229, doing it live on a special Monday episode, we don't normally do Monday episodes, so that's what makes it special, we got Vito back again, welcome back Vito. Hey, how's it going, fellas? It's going great. Great to have you back. I, you know, one one thing I was wondering now that we have you, how's your super killer comic going? We have raised now over seventy five thousand dollars on Indiegogo. Ooh, amazing, which is a Ooh. a court, well, in my book, very happy. According to Eric July's followers, Vito 
is a pathetic failure who could only raise $75,000 for his well, shitty comic book. Imagine, imagine once you put this comic book out, you will have been able to do what Eric July did for a fraction of the price. Makes you already a better <laughs> businessman. Yeah, I didn't have to buy a warehouse. And, uh, for real. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I only got seven... Uh, How many grand. runner vans did you buy to make yeah. that comic? Oh, I didn't buy any runner vans. I For just, real? Yeah. I don't understand. How many employees did you hire? And just me and the guy who draws it and like another guy who colors it. Uh, yeah, Eric July is throwing all his money away. It's really crazy and weird. Yeah. Uh, well, here's why it's interesting to me. I keep getting people in like, why do you care about what Eric July is doing? I'm like, well, because it's the intersection of... Dumb, like conservatives throwing their money at a bad thing just to prove a point to the liberals. Like, look, look, we'll buy this thing just because it pisses you off. And we're like, all right, man, if that's cool, sure. But it's also the intersection of the comic industry has like a a, a long history of spectacular failure of people losing millions upon millions of dollars trying to make comic books a thing. And Eric July is making, like, all the same fucking mistakes that, like, all these comic companies made in the 90s. I'm like, look at our foil cover and our lenticular one. And you're like, well, is the, is the story good? And it's like, don't, don't worry about that. Look at all this bullshit. And you're like, okay. Because it kind of just seems like you're spending all your money on a fucking warehouse you don't need. And the comic's not even good. And, like, there's no way to sell it beyond to your simps. Like, you're not going to grow this audience. So, yeah, it's the this audience. intersection of things I love to talk about. The audience doesn't even care if, you know, when the next book comes out, they barely read the first one from what I've seen. Dude, some of them, I saw one guy be like, oh, I'm so glad, uh, you know, the second one's coming out because I bought the first one, but, you know, I kept it sealed in plastic because I don't want to ruin the collector's value. <laughs> so now that the second one's coming out, I'll buy an extra copy of the first one. That'll be my copy I can read. And I'm like, why are you such a big fucking fan of a thing you haven't even read uh yeah, I, a lot of them have not read it. Look at this. It's really weird. This is now, a single okay? this is a single order right here. <laughs> they got they got two copies of the of each cover graded. It looks like one set is signed by Eric July and then they have the loose issues. They have two of each on the bottom. Yeah. They they got those 9.8s in. Now That's keep gonna... this on the screen cuz this is very important is uh I think that the most telling indicator of, of Eric July is running out of money is like when you start doing things that are like obviously a desperate scam to take advantage of your biggest pay pigs. So the normal the, the first two covers you see there, those are thirty five bucks each at the bottom, right? Okay. That foil cover Again, there's nothing else different. The only thing different here it doesn't come with like a trading card or a sticker or like something cool. Oh, it's just the cover is shiny. For that, the price jumps up to one hundred American dollars wow. for a single issue of a comic book with a shiny cover. And now these ones he's got here that are graded, that are sealed in plastic, so you're not allowed to read them. Which, whatever, I get it. Some collectors they want to have a pristine, fine, okay, a nine point eight graded copy. I think those, if it's the foil one, I want to say we're like. Must have been an extra hundred, hundred and fifty bucks to get the man's signature on it and to get it encased in plastic. And like, this is why Eric July got that deal at Comic Con with that table, which is like a grading company, right? They must yeah. have cut a deal with each other. 
Well, he probably bulk ordered a bunch of stuff, and they're like, yeah, come sit at our Comic-Con table. But oh, it's yeah. not hard to get a Comic-Con table. No. it's it's Everybody's like, you I don't see anybody else with the... With <laughs> the, the haters are so mad. Movie. They're so mad. They, they, they talk about that more than how good the comic is. They're like, yeah, this is going to make them all mad. The haters are going to be so mad now. It's because yeah. anger beget anger. And they were all born out of anger. They all became fans of Eric July because they were angry at old comic books. Yes. And they can only continue being fans of Eric July if they have a reason to continue being angry. And they can't get Uh, angry at him. (laughs) It really is indicative of a sad period in human culture where because people feel so powerless over their own lives, the only way they think to strike at the heart of their ideological enemies is to give their money away to some jackass for his uh, counter culture or whatever this is culture war totem artifact. It's not that's that's why I'm going nuts. Is people are like you know his biggest simps are like Eric's about to change the game. The comic companies have something to learn from this, and I'm like, what possible fucking lesson could you learn from this? Well, Go find I- a big black libertarian influencer and just let him do whatever he wants because then people will buy his book. Because they hate the fucking libs. I'm I, like, I, I don't I, think that's a viable strategy for Spider Man. I know, do that doesn't think they could. Anywhere. I do think they could learn from that, though. Yeah, they could. They could let the Punisher <laughs> break free from Marvel, mm. and and then say we we don't want this character. We don't want him. We, we disavow him, and then have some other company pick him up. But it's really them under a shadow company, and they make it super right wing. And the yeah, and it's the exact yeah. same sale model. But it's super right wing Punisher. Yeah, and you keep saying, "Well, this is the not woke Punisher. We bought it secretly." Yeah, page yeah. ninety seven. He says the isom word. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was asking a bunch of uh, Ripperverse fans if they think that Isom gets his powers from Jesus. And they're like, we don't know, we haven't found out yet, but what would be wrong with that if it was? And I'm like, well, it's just a stealth way of promoting Christianity then, isn't it? Uh, if Yeah, the fact that they can't see how cringe it would be if Isom is genuinely a Christ-powered superhero <laughs> kind of tells you what you're dealing with. Exactly. Uh, and it also, again, that, that picture with all the books or yes. whatever... That's why there's no future for this comic. Is Eric goes like, look, I sold twenty, you know, how many copies of the comic? Ten thousand issues or something. Yeah. And you go, yeah, but like here we can see twenty of those went to a guy. Like your actual <laughs> audience is, does not match the number of books you sell. Like real comic companies don't just want to sell twenty books to one guy because that's not a viable sales model. That doesn't like you can't do that more than once or twice. I don't even know. Again, this is Isom. Why is this guy going hard in the paint for Isom too? <laughs> Shouldn't you be investing in the in the first appearance of Isom? But uh, I don't know. This is just fascinating to watch. He's got what two weeks left on the campaign, uh, and again, he might hit two point five million, but he's just pissing the money down a, down a well. Okay, he's got like twelve full time employees. He has like three social media guys. Whose only job, it seems, is to go on Twitter and fight with me and you guys. <laughs> I'm like, is that all you guys do? How is this social media management? Go, go. What, what is your job exactly? Uh, all right, guys. It's Monday. Wake up. Time, time to uh, fight time to- the detractors. 
<laughs> we have a weird we have a weird theory about the Ripaverse goalposts account because they're almost like a fan of us because they're in our chat almost every episode that we do live. Yeah. And they hung out with us Saturday night, and they got like they were fans of like the other content too. They were like, "So this Cobra guy, is he a lol cow?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he all post is just fucking around. I think it's just a guy yeah. who's having fun at this point. Yeah, I think he's stirring both sides of the pot and just watching the the, the flame burn. I there like him. So here's where I got confused though. So there was like a period of time where I'm pretty sure there was like an order on high. Because for the longest time, Ripperverse goalposts and also all the employees were, like, mad at me and Dick. And they wouldn't shut up about us. Like, literally every day they were posting about us. Fuck these guys and blah, blah, blah. And anything we tweeted, they would quote tweet it and be like, ugh. And then it all, like, one day it just all stopped, like, on the same day. Including the Ripperverse goalpost account, which does not work for Eric July, theoretically. And I honestly believe, and I had somebody say that, yes, this did happen. That, like, Eric was like, listen... Uh, fighting with these guys is not working. Uh, they're actually like pointing at you know attention at the fact that pages are missing from our book and, and <laughs> spelling errors everywhere. What, have you seen the fight scene where they jump at each other and then the the scene where like they actually punch each other? It just seems to be clearly missing. I'm like, I think you missed a page. Yeah, maybe even two pages. I think you missed. I think there's two pages missing an isom and he just doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, so I don't know what's going on. I think this guy's in contact with Eric, and I think Eric tried to be like, listen, man, uh, these guys are kind of fucking up. I had a good grift going, and these guys are uh, <laughs> kind of doing some damage to it. So, well, You know those pages missing is canon, right? Well, what do you mean? Well, You, you know that, that guy that we thought was a complete <laughs> ripoff of the Watcher? Yeah. He's actually one level above. He's the Ripper, and he rips pages out of the book. And there's going to be a rip of <laughs> a rip of verse book that comes out with all the missing pages is going to make these shit books actually genius. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. The Ripa actually goes in and rips out important pieces. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fight scenes. Because I can't think of any other reason it's called the Ripaverse. You know what else the Ripa does? <laughs> the Ripa rips rings off of characters' fingers and then puts them back on in the next panel. See, like that's the thing is like at this point. It's like Eric, look, we're, you, you've made this too much fun. Like normally, I wouldn't like talk about shit like that, but the fact that he's like so upset that anyone makes fun of any part of his comic, that now you just want to pick the whole fucking thing apart because you know it's eating at him inside. He's like, I'm the greatest comic creator ever, and I don't understand why I get no respect. And it's like, well, you got one panel where a guy's got three rings, and the next panel he's got none, and then he's got two, and that seems like a mistake. <laughs> he's got this character Goodying. Have you seen this? Where no. we can't figure out. How you're supposed to spell Goodying because he spells it differently on every different page. Oh no. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Okay. On the cover it says introducing the new character Goodying, but it's spelled uh G O O D Y N G. It's a really weird looking word. But then inside it's spelled Goodying with an I, like Goodying. But then also on the same page where it's spelled with an I, it's spelled again without the I. And so we're like, it's spelled on the same page. It's spelled two different ways. So we, and so now the new thing is, anytime anybody's like, we love Isom too. We're like, can you tell us if his name's Goody or Goody Ng with an I? Like it doesn't matter. You spell it both ways. I'm like, I think it does matter. I think she's got the best possible comic. You can't even remember how like his characters' names are spelled. 
I think it's beautiful that this comic is so terrible. I think that these fans that are willing to put oh. their hate money behind it deserve this level of entertainment. Yes. I, I, I think that that's the beautiful uh, idiocy of it all. I like it. I like it. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of this book being so shitty because I would never fucking buy it. Really? But have you guys read his transparency update from January where he talks about exactly how much money he's throwing away? Didn't he delete it, <laughs> too, eventually? Yeah. So, well, here's what he said happened. He says, we updated the website, and when we updated the website, it set all our old posts to private. I'm like, all right, I'm willing to buy that explanation, I guess. Uh, but it's still... Dude, uh, I don't know if you guys know Ethan Van Shiver, the guy who used to make do the Green Lantern cartoon. Sorry, Green Lantern comics. Yeah. And now he did a cover for ISOM. But he's kind of like in the middle because like he watches our podcast, too. He likes me and Dick. So he's kind of like there and he's like, well, Eric, you know, some of this shit they're saying is true. Also, why did you give everybody your financial numbers? What the fuck are you doing? Don't tell people how much money you're spending on what the consumer doesn't need to know that. And it's true. Cause these numbers are embarrassing. Have you got he, that? He spent, he says he spent $350,000 on payroll roll for one quarter. Mm, geez. You're uh, you're, you're talking about Ethan Van Shiver, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was like, uh, Eric was like trying to talk about like, I don't even care. Like, we put out these numbers because the, the customer deserves to know how much money we're spending. And Ethan's like, I'm never going to give those numbers to my cousin. This is fucking stupid. Why the fuck would you give <laughs> this shit? You know, like he admits that he printed. Okay, so I saw him number one. He sold 40,000 copies, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you sell $40,000 worth of, of comics during a big crowdfunding campaign, you know that's the bulk of the comic you're going to sell, right? Like, after that, you might get some trickling orders over time. Maybe you'll sell a couple thousand more books, you know, down the line. But that was your big crowdfunding campaign, and there was all the hoopla and the news coverage, you know. Like, from there, okay, your sales are pretty much dead in the water. I saw number one, the amount of money you're going to get out of it is gone. Uh, Eric says in his transparency update, uh, we chose to print an additional 50,000 copies of ISOM number one at a cost of $125,000. So after selling 40,000 copies, this dummy somehow got it in his head that, well, it's only going to keep selling from here. I will sell more than the amount I sold during my giant campaign. But when you extra copies on when it. you when you print, sometimes you do get breaking points. Uh, yeah. If you if you buy double the amount, it'll cost only slightly more than the original half you were going to pay for because of the price breaks for bulk purchasing. So maybe it was like an extra, it was $125,000 for that. Maybe it was only an extra $2, 20 $2. grand. Maybe no, it was no, no, extra no. 20 grand. No, it caught, well, an extra 20 grand. This was, this was a separate order. The only way he would have saved money on this is if he was also printing ISOM number two at the same time. But hmm. ISOM number two wasn't ready. It's possible he finagled some weird deal. And yeah. said, "Why don't you give me an extra fifty thousand, and then cut me, you know, this much of a price?" But the point is, uh, he's got all that stock just sitting in his warehouse. You don't want oh, yeah. house with a bunch of shelves holding product that you cannot. Se- he will not sell another fifty thousand copies of the. Co- if he if he tries to sell another fifty thousand copies, it's going to take him ten years to sell through that. But you I mean, also can't compare him to the rest not- of the comic book industry because nothing about this is a a, a real like 
business model of based in success. This has always been a reactionary impulse to, to angry people. And yeah. it, 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 he thinks he's like this big businessman. He's just a snake oil salesman. This is it's, I some I confusing. I want to know if he knows he's a snake oil salesman. Well, like, I think that's what ISO ooh, stands for, question. right? Well, here's it's, the thing. It's snake oil, man. I don't think that... Okay, Isom comes out, right? And he's got all his little YouTuber buddies. And, you know, all they can do is make endless videos about Eric's going to change the game. He's a fucking genius. This is going to be the greatest comic that ever happened. And then me and Dick Masterson, two fucking idiots with a podcast, we show up and we go, well, this is fucking dog shit. Like, and we read it. And here's, yeah. like, a breakdown of, like, how much dog shit it is. And I think that Eric might be a guy who is like literally living in this bubble where he's like yeah writing comics is easy you just come up with a character and have punch guys and you know and i got all these cool plans down the line but rather than incorporate them smartly into this hundred page you know arc i'll just have all these fucking mysteries i set up and not deliver on any of them uh basically he's like the jj abrams of shitty uh culture war comics <laughs> like ooh, where'd he get his powers what are his powers uh, where did he come from? I don't know. We'll Here's a hundred fucking pages that don't tell you fucking anything. Exactly. Uh, Instead of a lens flare, he's got a cross above this guy's dick. <laughs> yeah, where'd that cross come from? Who gave him the cross? Did Jesus give him personally that, that suit? I want to know. So I don't think, I don't know if this guy has just been living in a bubble where everybody tells him he's a creative genius, uh, but he's a marketing genius, maybe by accident. I don't know. I think that's on purpose. I think he knows how to market it. It's maybe, the, maybe, but he's part. He's, yeah. he's he was part of the blaze. Like th they already have the people drinking the Kool Aid built in. Yes, all they he, did. And, a, and, and these people, these they did people a segment on Fox News like a year ago too. They got like their own segment with uh, Brian yeah. Kilmeade on Fox News. Him yeah. and his uh, colorist yeah. uh, were both on there. Who uh, happens to be a fat? Who happens to be fat? It's funny how when people are fat or like like nerdy looking, he's okay when they're paying him. But when they want to yeah. debate him, he won't. They they have to pass an obstacle course first. You literally can't look at this comic book without going through the fingers fat. of a fat. He's a fat. <laughs> yeah, there's chicken grease in the ink of these books. Look at look. <laughs> he's a fat. Look at this dude. This is a this is an Eric July fan. Holler if you hear me, and welcome to this edition of Luke Targets. So Eric July's ISOM number two has passed $1.8 million in pre-orders with plenty of time left for him to get that campaign to pass or get closer to the $3.7 million precedent <laughs> no. of his first campaign. This unprecedented success in the independent comics of the social media age is anything but something to ignore or to shake a stick at, and that goes quadruple for the lack of Eric July coverage on... This guy is is a self-professed artist, and I went to some of his, like, like his Instagram page and everything. He's j just slightly above Chris Chan level art. Well, that's autism art, right? Like... <laughs> This is, you said this, it, we, not me. Well, that, but th there's a lot of autistic people who make really childish art and think is beautiful. And I, I, I mean, that's fine. That's part of their mental divide from what makes real beautiful art beautiful and other art, you know, expression. They're just expressing. This is the ismtism. 
Ism number two came out. They got to do their drawings too. <laughs> Ism. <laughs> I yeah. like Ism. He's my favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> I read Ism too, and he's very powerful. Uh, it's, it's fine that he's autistic, but it's it's a it's a key factor in why he these guys affix on all the numbers. They they they're rain oh, manning all the numbers. Bro, yes. Honestly, I talked to Deck, and I'm like, I think Eric July must be some form of autistic because. Let's be clear. Okay, I'm making a comic book, and when people ask me about it, I'm like, man, I'm so excited about this character, and I got this plot line, and this, you know, what? If you ask Eric July what he's excited about with his comic, he goes, I just got a big old warehouse, and it's got a forklift, and the forklift goes up and down, and you can stack boxes on top of other boxes. And I have in that warehouse 1,223 boxes, and I'll just move them around and stack them. I think he just wants to play warehouse simulator. He wants to play pretend business owner. Like, I don't think. I, I don't even think he cares about comics. I think he'd be happy selling fucking jump ropes and other fucking tchotchkes. Just so happens that, you know, he's good at telling everybody their comic books suck because the liberals are making them. And uh, I guess they thought that you can just get a guy, you know, shows up and does the opposite, I guess. Makes them really boring and takes anything, <laughs> takes any amount of conflict or politics out of them. So like, take all the politics out of my comics. I just want a black guy who runs around beating up security guards. Uh, and his fans are autistic too, because again, they're all fucking autistically obsessed over how much money he made. It's never like, man, you know what I love about Isom? I love this character. Here was my favorite plot point. Blah blah blah. They just go, did you see how much money it made? It made more money than this comic. Book. That's what he's go- made- like yeah, in the first few minutes book. of this guy's video. That's all he's talked about so far. Yeah, the other one does that too. Yep. Every time that I see them go to the numbers, I'm like, tell me the number of stories in this book that are worth talking about. Because the, the the ones I've seen is that he goes to save a girl and then get, doesn't care about the girl, so he he picks a fight with some guy for smudging his puma. That's like the one story. <laughs> and then and then and then the, there's one. The only superpower it's been confirmed or denied he has is it's denied he in the book it says he doesn't have flying. And then you got the fans that can't even tell you that. Actual fans are was he? He flies. It's like that's literally the one power they confirmed he didn't have. It's so stupid. And I guess that's the other thing is people are like, well, why do you care? And I'm like, I wouldn't if a bunch of people weren't lying. When a bunch of people go, this guy is the next Stan Lee. Like literally, you can go on YouTube and there are YouTubers like huge guys with like five hundred thousand subscribers, a million subscribers, and the title of the video is. Marvel and DC Comics are scared of the Ripperverse. And I'm like, that's what they don't. They are not scared of the Ripperverse at all. They don't care. They don't want to make comics like this. They don't want it. And the amount of money he's making is like trivial compared to the scale of their fucking organization. Some influencer, okay, that's like, that's like saying Hershey's is jealous of Mr. Beast's fucking Feastables bar. They don't care. <laughs> it's a different market. They aren't making this fucking celebrity focused. Uh, goods, okay, that the people are buying it out of some weird pseudo-fucking, uh, what do you call it? What is, whatever relationship. Parasocial. Uh, yeah. Social relationship connection to the guy. I just put a video in the Skype chat. Okay. Uh, look at this guy real quick and tell me that these guys do not have a parasocial relationship with their, their fucking internet dad. Where they have to give him money because they love him. The Laboratory of Mayhem. 
Huh. Let's let's see Father, what this is all about here. Okay. Father Eric, can we have an ISOM number two now? I remember this guy had one of the first reviews of ISOM number one, and everyone said, oh, it must be good. This Hold guy, up. Is this a character that Dick plays? <laughs> no, this is an actual guy. It happens to be another Masterson. Andy Masterson. Uh-oh. You know what? I, yeah. I said that Eric should hire Christine Weston Chandler and put work Sonichu into the Ripperverse. I mean, Sonichu has a better storyline, is a better book, has more copies with such a less budget. Sonichu is a more successful literary achievement than ISOM is. That's just a fact. It's it, There's books behind it. Financially, not the same. No. I don't know where this one starts, but... Uh, Are you sure this isn't Dick in an Andy, in a Andy Dick rig playing Andy Masterson? <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Thanks for watching. This is uh, the latest in... His mic is very tinny. YouTube content creator, action figure review. I think it would be nicer. It's a fun-looking mic. This figure is uh, of Mr. Eric July. And when I found him on YouTube... Um, Scamly. I was actually surprised that he didn't come up in my, uh, in my feeds for um, entertainment. Uh, it was more along the lines of... Uh, political discourse. Yeah, because he's not entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. And uh, as I've watched him and gotten to know his content, uh, I was very happy to find uh, how many uh, facets we actually aligned with. So I've been a, a big comic book fan since I was eight years old and uh, Okay. It's always been very near and dear to my heart, and no what shit, I find toy man shares that that <laughs> same kind of passion for it. It's very refreshing, as well as someone who also shares uh, a similar philosophy on the outlook of uh, life in general, and most importantly, the idea of personal creativity and making your own things instead of just waiting for someone else to make something that you want and let them offer it. You have the ability to uh, to create things on your own. By the way, the dialogue in Isom, every almost everybody's dialogue is written almost like an Eric July tweet, like Eric July talking to Eric July talking to Eric July. Oh, if he wrote it, I like. I honestly, at this point, I'm convinced that he can't write. I, I think he has a dummy writing it for him who also can't write. Hmm. But I. Cannot imagine Eric July writing an entire script just based on his tweets. I mean, <laughs> well, that's if, what they read like, though. You, and there's multiple pages with no text on them at all in Isom One. If, if you look at the way he runs his business, like he doesn't know how to do that either, right? He thinks he can just throw money at something and and that's that's working. That's 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 doing something. It, it, he, he probably thinks he can just throw words on a paper and it and it works, but. It, it's not even all his fault, though, right? I'm sure he didn't write have three or four rings interchange on this guy's hand, and uh, <laughs> like everybody there's a fucking idiot, right? I'll just say this, man. Like again, I'm writing a comic. Occasionally, okay, so you write a script, right? So occasionally, I'll be like, oh, here's like a little snippet from the script. I've never seen Eric post anything from his supposed. Like, aren't you excited? You know, you ever see like a screenwriter who'll be like, oh, I just finished the first draft of this, and he'll. Post a picture of the script or like a little 
page or like a snippet of dialogue. He's never posted that because I don't think he's writing it. You think he's hired a stenographer? He just sits on the phone late at night. He's like, yeah, and then I have him come out of the building and uh, they'll throw him out, right? And then and then this white woman will come down and she'll just fly up in the air and then drop his ass on a car. Well, he's got this guy, Marcos. Uh, you know what? I'll get into that in a second. You guys have to see the Eric July action figure. That's what that's what this is building towards. Oh, that shit, really? Try that. Uh, it's the whole purpose of this channel is... So that people might pick up some some tips on how to do things, or maybe be inspired on how to uh, to create something. Does this guy himself. make the fucking dolls? Yes. You might not be able oh, to make no. man draw, but who makes his own weird custom action figures oh, and made dude. an Eric July doll because oh, no. that's creative. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't make an Isom figure. That would have made sense. He made an Eric July figure. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. It's infinitely worse. I thought it was was pretty. Yeah. It's worse. (laughs) Because if he was a fan of Isom, he would have made an Isom action figure. But Isom is less interesting than Eric July directly. Yeah. Isom is just Eric July with a fucking skin suit. These guys sit alone in their house all day, and they go online, and they listen to guys... Uh, telling them what to be mad about, and then they form these weird parasocial relationships where they go, yeah, that guy's basically like my best friend. I see him yep. every day. That's part of, that's part of the reason why Eric July exists, though. Because these guys, they didn't have girlfriends, they didn't have shit to do, and they would just sit at home and read comic books, and then comic books like, we want to sell some to these girls now, we want to sell some to everybody, so they make comic books for girls, and they don't want to sit and read comic books about things they can't have. <laughs> also, these guys don't realize the whole comic community where they're like, man, comics really suck now. And I'm like, now comics kind of always sucked. Like, there were a couple good ones here and there. Yes! Clear, most of this shit Sorry. was for fucking children. We need to get Eric to have a con and have one large bitch boy slap fight. Bitch boy slap yes. con. By the way, uh, just really quick here, wanted to ask everyone watching if you would please like the stream and start a tip train. We really, I, I was hoping we could get to 30 or maybe even 40% before tonight's show. So if you have any questions or comments on anything we talk about, feel Here free to send it in. For the there we go. Boys. Love the yeah, show. Yeah, baby. Also, one, one last thing. Check out the audio version of the show. I have it linked down in the description. We did a pre-show before this started for about 10 to 15 minutes. It's pretty great. It's pretty funny. We talked about stuff we're not going to talk about on the show. So go check that out, too. Sorry, Vito. What were you saying? Uh, I think I was saying that, again, these guys are obsessed with thinking comics used to be good, and the problem is that a bunch of liberals showed up and made them woke. I was like, dude, go back and read. Like, for every good Spider-Man issue or whatever, you know, there's, like, a bunch of dumb ones or whatever. Or, like, some of the shit these guys talk about where they're like, can you believe they ruined Masters of the Universe? I'm like, have you ever actually tried to watch an episode of Masters of the Universe? It was not like a good show. It was made to sell it was, toys. It was a toy it was commercial. Made to sell toys. Yeah. It was a big stupid toy commercial. Yeah. Well, you know it how didn't have any deep characterization or anything. You know it how was finicky from a these camp, old men uh, get over their toys. Yeah. These men love their toys. It's always so crazy to me when people go like, I can't believe they ruined Transformers. I'm like, bro, even Transformers, like if you go read like the original Transformers comics, they're fucking illegible. They're just all going, my name is whatever, and I turn into this fucking thing. It's like, we have to fight the Zamtrons from Galog 4. 
Yeah, it's fun now from a camp perspective of like, hey, yeah, look at how dumb and shitty this was. Like, we're kind of cool in a way, but these were not like deep fucking franchises to begin with. People were just dumb back then. Like, have you seen Cats? No, that I've shit never. Was, that shit was, was the longest running Broadway play People for the longest it. time. And it was miserable. The only thing that stopped that was that they just got YouTube and there was actual cat videos. I mean, and people were like, wait, we can watch actual cats? What the (laughs) fuck? Go see cats. You have to be really into musical theater, though. Like, to them, to people who are into like musical theater, like Broadway musical theater, they liked that shit. You know? But even even cats compared to other Broadway musicals is complete shit. It's so bad. Yeah, you know, I I'm not a fan of it, but obviously somebody was. I don't think I don't think they fought against the woke agenda, and that's why people said they liked it's, it. It's cat people. <laughs> we as dog people, we understand there are cat people, and they need shit like that to watch. Isn't there some kind of like cat con going on in Seattle right now? There's like I wouldn't some, know that maybe that's where the fire came from. Dog people right don't fuck around. Take pictures. You can uh, just put on a microphone and, and put your ideas and your opinions out there. Wow! But how profound. You'll never know unless you try. And By the way, uh, nothing worse in the world. It is. It, it's called the Sea Meow Cat, the biggest cat <laughs> convention in the Pacific Northwest. It just happened to land on my birthday. Fucking assholes. Yeah. World and regret. So don't have any. In, Take those chances when you, when they arise. So, with with Eric July, uh, there's a lot of buildup for I made so an action figure. As a gray bearded man who makes action figures, he needs that buildup. <laughs> he needs it. I like <laughs> he's comparing himself. He's saying me and Eric July are basically the same, and I'm like, eh, some differences. <laughs> that I thought was going to be. Um, something maybe in the fact they take pride in mediocrity something I thought would be uh, I would rather uh, have one of this guy's action figures than I saw him (laughs) yeah the replay value of these toys is way better than an ISOM book you get through ISOM you're like okay maybe I can wipe my ass with it at least you can make these things fuck or jam one up your butt. These, these action figures almost resemble like older 1960s and 70s action figures with yeah, like the soft like body. I, yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why this old man does that. Hold on. This isn't a Kimbo Slice action figure. Dude, can <laughs> no, we buy no. one? Can we buy? Is it for sale? Oh God, if I could get a custom, if I could get this guy to make me a custom Eric July figure. Yes. Uh, I'd start uh, an OnlyFans okay. with it. <laughs> I'd put it in a jar. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I gotta get an Eric July cum jar going. I wonder if he'd make a super killer I figure. I think we know what Sturgis would make two of I'll these action to. figures do. You know it. Sturgis and his uh, icky fantasy of toy humping. I did have a fan make this, which you see, this is badass because it's my character. It's not fucking me. <laughs> That's, That's not you? 3D printed? No, he actually he made one that was supposed to be like a porn one to put in a jar, but it got lost in the mail and we're all really disappointed (laughs) about it. Huh? Yes, this is horrendous. It it's it's 
creepy. Looks just like him. He's going to sell you his stupid culture war artifact and make you feel like throwing money at him is a big win for your side. I bought the Eric July fleshlight. It it was such a ripoff. When I went to stick my dick in it, I realized the slot was his wallet. (laughs) It was a ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy. This guy almost... We'll play a a couple more minutes of this guy. This guy almost talks like a televangelist preacher. This uh, is Eric July. Book resources. When with spinoff titles for the Ripperverse characters like Ophacore or Yaria, one of which is going to be written by comic profession and actual comic icon Chuck Dixon, all of that coming on the way, well, there is no stopping Eric July. There's no stopping (laughs) Eric July. The funny thing is that, like, Chuck Dixon has just been, like, a gun for hire for the past 20 years. Like, literally, we could have hired Chuck Dixon. Like, yeah. all you have to do is show up at his house and be like, I'll pay you $5,000 to write a comic. And he says, okay. Uh, but everybody's going, I can't believe you got Chuck Dixon. I'm like, that guy hasn't worked in mainstream comics for 20 years? Yeah, what a big get. <laughs> if, if, you're, if, you're a, if you're an indie filmmaker, you know. The guy who wrote the QAnon comic book, Alt Hero Q. Yeah, how'd you get yeah. that guy? If you're an indie filmmaker, though, this is the way you brag about getting, like, Jim Caviezel in your movie. Right. Like, we we have Jim Caviezel, actual Jesus. He's in our film. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we, we get it, dude. We get we got it. You Kirk couldn't Cameron. hire anybody else. I don't know if you've yeah. heard him, but he's kind yeah. of a big deal. Okay. Well, <laughs> really. In, like, 1988, he was a big deal. <laughs> That's like the Daily Wire bragging about, we've got Rob Schneider to voice uh, our cartoon Chinchilla uh for our new kids network i don't know if you guys saw that big announcement no really it's like wow you guys got rob schneider to do the voice of chip chilla on daily wire's new kid-friendly chinchilla animated programming i feel bad for rob schneider i don't would you would you peek (laughs) would you peek at deuce bigelow like (laughs) at least at least he's part of the the sandler clique you know he's a like you can't be that bad when you're adam sandler's friend Money oh, yeah. just falls in your lap, but it's it's man, that's that's rough. it's weird. It's Sandler, it, yeah. It's weird because like nine years ago, I saw Rob Schneider do stand up, and he 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 fit a bunch of like left wing talking points into his routine back then. So it's weird yeah. to see this kind of about face that he's done. Was that about the same time Trump was left wing? Ah. Uh, no, because uh, around that time, Trump was pushing the whole birther thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was like nine years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so everybody is... At one point, but now it's clear that he's just a fucking... <laughs> he's fucking lost it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Everybody's left wing until they see the next generation of left wing. Yeah. Cringe. Oh, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to show you uh, Sturges. We call this guy Sturges. Uh, that's not his actual name, but he gets triggered when we call him Sturgis, so that's his new name. And now everybody calls him it. <laughs> we're we're brutal. We're really mean to him. I think he's got some mental disabilities, and we really pick on him. So if if you have a problem with it, just tell us, and we'll we'll go. No, we'll stop. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here here he is. He's met. This is a video he made because he was mad that Dick Masterson said Eric July is not creative. 
Hello everyone, I am Renown Zero, and we are back again talking about some Ripper vs. Tractors. But before we get started... By the way, this guy calls us fat all the time, and he is clearly fat also. So I don't get it. I I I think I've seen this guy's videos, yeah. He's always posting about you guys. He's not as fat as he is short. We've learned that when we saw him in a picture next to Gina Carano. He sh- yeah, he's like two to three inches shorter than Gina Carano. Jesus. Yep. We want to say thank you to everyone who have watched the videos and subscribed to the channel to see more content. We are now, as of 2 a.m. this morning, we have been fully monetized. You're welcome, Sturges. YouTube partner. So thank you, everyone, for being here. I really do appreciate it. Got Absolutely. everything going from memberships to super chats, super All right, things. We're gonna skip to you talking sticker. about that revenue. Wouldn't. Nothing too guys. Dig my Press Ron Paul. Who? Hold okay. on. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, which would never have ever happen. Uh, where's the Dig Masters? Oh, okay. Here we go. Deserve. Not deserve this. They so desperately want. Excuse me. But of course, in the quote tweets, both Vicky Verse and Dick Masterson, of course, had something to say. If someone claims to be creative while spending most of their energy and time flipping out over what other people say about them, which a lot of time is pure hate, concern trolling, or lying. No, no, no. Pure, it's fun. Man, his, this guy projects so much. He is one of the most bitter, hateful people I've ever encountered on the <laughs> Internet. Yeah. But, but even if it was just bitter hate and concern trolling... Eric July should not be responding to it the way he responds to this shit. It's, no. That's that's the best thing about Eric July is he's a fucking milkable lol cow. He responds <laughs> in the dumbest ways to all this shit. It's beautiful. Dude, the way he's been calling Dick, like a, he keeps calling him after an Arthur character. He keeps calling him Buster, Buster Baxter. Baxter. Yep. And we're like, that's a great fucking nickname. I don't, I don't know why you think this is like gonna hurt us at all. Like that's that's helpful. Oh, which one? Which one of the Arthur characters was voiced by uh, the the who's the alt right guy that beat his wife? Steven or whatever? Crowder hates his wife. Yeah, which one was voiced by Crowder? Wait, Arthur. One of the Arthur characters was voiced by Crowder. Yes. When he was a kid. Yeah, yes. it was nuts. Yes. Oh, that's so weird. I had uh, no idea. But Vito, the brain, the v- brain. Okay. V- Vito, we saw your rap. Billy, Billy critiqued oh, oh, your you. rap. <laughs> that's I why I don't rap. It. Is because I, it becomes cr- a it becomes a I, whole thing. I cringed. I cringed, but it was you great. Should. It was you great. You, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys pulled it off. It was the the shaky start. Had me cringing. I was like, "Oh no, oh no, oh god!" See, this is I, why we, we. This is why we don't. Uh, this is why I've always avoided rapping. It's like in high school, it was like all about man. You got a freestyle. It was a big freestyle. And, and, and I could tell because Dick was like slipping, and I, that you came in to pick it up. I was like, "Oh, oh god, god. Dick's like, Dick's rap when he was dropping yeah, it." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, "Oh Dick god, was like, this, this beat's all wrong." And I'm like, "No, dude, you just gotta find it like this." Yeah, that was a. Uh, Dick is not used to uh, the freestyle world, but it was just... but it was fun, and uh, we made a point to point out how uh, he, he, like he, this is what makes you guys so much better than any of the Eric July people. You guys just have fucking fun with everything. Oh, dude, These they're guys all can't like have mad. fun. They're miserable. Yeah. They're all like, miserable. I, I I don't get it. Is they're like, oh, we're clowning you, and I'm like, I don't know, man. It seems like you guys are like genuinely upset about something. I don't get it. Yeah, they it's do not, that. And again, we're not going at you. I mean, we are because you're dumb a little bit, but mostly, like, you know, we're talking shit about Eric July and his little YouTuber buddies who, you know, suck his dick. And I guess his fans who are all dummies. You know what? Okay, sure. 
His uh, fans are dummies, and they're hilarious to to talk about. Me. And this guy was like. This guy was like, you guys are punching down on me. You're punching down on me. So what does he do in response? He doesn't react to our video. He reacts to the comments that other people have left on our video. Wow. So like the now comments which, of which, our viewers. The same video he started accusing us of punching down was the same video where he stopped responding to us and only our viewers' comments that weren't even towards him directly. <laughs> they were in our chat. Okay, see, that's what was pissing me off about Eric July is that me and Dick would, you know, we talked a little bit of shit out of the comic. We gave a review of it. And then, like, some of our fans were on Twitter and they're like, "Uh, yeah, you know, I tried reading it, too, and it kind of sucks. And rather than attacking me and Dick, who have, like, you know, lots of followers who can, like, back us up, Eric was going after guys who had, like, 20 followers and being like, this Listen, you crack smoker. You don't know anything about the comic industry. And I'm like, bro, leave our fucking fans out of it. We're not, like, picking out your little fans, you know, and, like, going after them, man. Uh, and, again, this is a guy who supposedly made, like, $4 million. Doesn't he have better things to do than fight with literal nobodies? Oh, he definitely Twitter? doesn't. He, no, he, he, does does his, he does his detractor streams where he confronts detractors, but he only confronts people who have, like, a little bit of liberal mania. And are right. easy pins to knock over. Oh, dude, he's he like, like literal like idiots for that. Yeah, he's yeah. bowling with bumpers, and he yeah. ma- <laughs> makes him and his his idiot fans think he's like the kingpin. It's like, no, dude, you're bowling with bumpers. Yeah, if you bring on rabid. I mean, like some of these guys are clearly like fucking autistic or you know weirdos. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you drag them on, that's the thing. He goes like, I'm gonna fight with my haters, but he only brings on guys who are like mentally ill. And he goes, see, anybody who doesn't like my comic is, is fucking nuts. And it's That's like, also no, the I'm... people buying the comic, too. Like, yeah, it's we, also case in point. It's classic controlled opposition. And an action figure. He, he, will only, he will only go toe-to-toe with people he knows can't make him look like a fool. He thought he, he, had a little, he had a little gas in the tank at the beginning with you guys, but immediately pulled out. Immediately pulled out. Oh yeah, dude. It's uh, it's been fascinating to watch this uh, captain of industry stumble over himself to fight with like, you know, Rabbit Boy nine thousand. He some made random Twitter dude. Eric made a video recently where he's like, "Well, I don't even get upset about. I'm so happy about the Ripaverse that I don't even get upset about the stuff that used to bother me in comics anymore. It's it's the cure for being mad about how they ruined comics." It's basically. Oh, <laughs> He had a tweet where somebody was like, what movies or comics or TV shows like do you consume? And he basically said, I haven't watched anything or read anything in the last 10 years from the from the modern era. And I'm like, so all this shit you're saying sucks. You haven't actually seen any of it or read any of it. You're just like, yeah, the comics suck because somebody showed me one panel from one comic. And that's enough to say the entire industry is broken. Like there's people right now who are saying. Yeah, like, DC and Marvel fucks up sometimes. Like, you know, actual comic fans, they're like, but the stuff they're doing is not, like, the end of the fucking world. Like, yeah, occasionally there'll be, like, some comic that they give to, like, some rando and they start putting pronouns in for some X-Men character or whatever. But they're like, that's not the majority of it. It's like, they're like, if anything, they're actually doing pretty good these days. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard some of his fans say they hate it when when uh, someone's sexuality is like one of the main aspects of their character but we've seen that with heterosexuality throughout comics forever dude like one of the biggest like you want to see fucking spider-man 
uh, Kiss and Mary Jane. Yeah. You want to see Fantastic Bang and his wife. But yeah, if there's a gay character, you might have a boyfriend. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't think they're making you watch him, you know, ride the leather pony. Yeah. Just kind of like, hey, here's my boyfriend. We're hanging out. Well, this guy on the screen here was like, but that's not normal. So I don't like that because it's not normal. Yeah, you know, most comic book characters are uh, famous for their normality. Which is funny, because if you go back if you go back 15 years on this guy's channel, he he has a video where he's having his Naruto action figures buttfuck each other. <laughs> and we might have to go back on that other old man's figure channel. He might have some videos like that back oh, then, too. Maybe. I wonder if he's got like a cum doll in his collection. He just jizzes on. I always question doll collectors of all kinds, though. Not like even women or uh, de- develop not not developmentally delayed, but like women who have dolls when they're like in their twenties. See they're how gotta be doing some weird dolls. shit. See how he pulls up the camp. He pulls up the campaign and he literally reads every number on the screen, and it, it almost talks about it like he was the one that accomplished this. A byproduct of the ismtism. He did accomplish it. His money's up there in the campaign number yeah. two. All these guys have money invested in this bullshit. How much money did you give to Eric? Oh, I gave Eric four hundred dollars. Wow, I only gave him two hundred fifty dollars. This guy claims <laughs> that we we didn't pay for it and we pirated it just because because we're so broke we can't actually afford it. He's like, you're a brokey. That's why you didn't buy it. It's like what? It's like yeah, I kind of just don't want to give Eric July money, <laughs> right? Like that's that's really it. Yeah, I don't think he deserves it. If he put out, let's put it this way: I don't, you know, he doesn't want to put out a digital version. Okay, well that's his fault. If he had a digital version, even if it was like ten bucks, I'd be like, all right, yeah, here's ten bucks, I'll read it. But uh, he doesn't want to do that, so yeah, you know, I had to have somebody loan me their copy. What are you gonna do? That's fine. I borrowed it like the library. Nothing unethical about he that. Probably, he probably doesn't want to make it easier for people to get a hold of the book. Well, no, that's the thing. That's the other thing. Okay, here's something he does that drives me absolutely nuts. Is like, if you have a good product, what is something you try to do? You try to go to, like, people who review stuff professionally, like websites, and you go, hey, I got a great product. I think, you're, I think your readers are going to love it. I want you to check it out and, uh, you know, you do a review. Right? Eric July, somebody's like, would you ever give a, a copy or a comic to a reviewer? And he goes, no, those broke-ass monkeys got to pay. Like, no more access media or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so, and then all his fans go, yeah, that's right. Fuck the critics. Like, that's what they deserve. And I'm like, no, see, that's what Hollywood does. Like, when Hollywood has a bad movie, you go, hey, can I review the movie, like, ahead of time? They go, uh, you can review it the night before. And that's when you know, oh, that's a bad movie because they don't want any critics to see it. It's the same shit with comic books. If you're afraid, if you're not giving your comic book to critics, it's because you know it sucks. He's giving it to sick kids, Vito. Oh yeah, he's giving it. If you give him seventeen bucks, he'll give it to sick kids. (laughs) And you kind of know you're in a you kind of know you're in a cult when you're not supposed to expose the cult to the outside world. Yes, like that's that's part. That's one of the the key indicators you're in a cult. If you look on the FBI cult website, it'll be up there. A big part of the cults is having a secret book that you can only get access to if you give a bunch of money right? to the cult. <laughs> Compare, uh, learn all about Zenu and his, his followings. If right? You, uh, is is Zenu about to be Isom? Is is he the the person who gave Isom the powers? 
I, I, I hope we get some Xenu action. I, I don't know why we never got the great Scientology epic. I guess Battlefield Earth kind of screwed they us tried. up. They tried. They it's, tried. It's uh, also the, 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 the whole creation of Scientology came from, you know, all the other epics. The, the, the fucking, I can't remember the damn arth, author's name right now. Oh, uh... Yeah, the shit. Scientology boy, uh... Not Gene Roddenberry, whatever the dickhead's name was. He wasn't in RR. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, George Hardar Martin. Whatever. The, whatever the, the the Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, N. Bomb Hubbard. L. Ron. And I, I get I get N. Bomb Hubbard and uh, George Hardar Martin confused. <laughs> George Hardar Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the movie The Master? No, no. I love it. It's such a great movie. It's basically about Scientology. Uh. <laughs> Starring what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Basically gets out of World War II and he's a big weirdo who just wants to fuck women and get drunk and is probably mentally retarded. <laughs> and he meets who is basically L. Ron Hubbard. And uh Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard takes him in. That sounds pretty good. I gotta watch it. Oh man, it. it's so fucking it's a great movie. <laughs> I love I love that movie. Nice. Now um I, I want at some point tonight, Vito. We got to get down and dirty and talk about this uh, this other movie that came out recently. Um, Barbie. Barbie. We got to have the Barbie conversation. I love Barbie. It's 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 very good. I saw you talking about it with uh, Destiny the other night. And yeah, uh, I forget Destiny hadn't seen it, and I think he was like, of course. He was like he dismissive. Did. He was a little dismissive was, of that whole. He screen. was dismissive of the whole the whole conversation. Yeah, I was like, I know. I think. Well, I think part of the problem is that. Uh, that Why don't you just say you're against free speech? Why don't you just say it? <laughs> I'm Shut not the fuck up. Uh, Steven, you... Steven, put the video game down for a second and listen. You fucking. Ass. <laughs> I think part of the problem was that Cherry like set it up, and she's like, "Oh, you and you and him are gonna have so much fun talking about Nick Fuentes." And they got on. He's like, "I don't want to talk about fucking Nick Fuentes." I'm like, "Well, I didn't set this shit up. That ain't my yeah. fault." Uh, Destiny will be on Biggest Problem in the Universe this Friday at 10.30 nice. night, 1.30 a.m. if you're on the uh, East Coast. He's getting nice. off the plane and coming right over to us. I don't know why he's a psychopath, but uh, we'll be happy to have him. Sounds fun. I, we know why. I watch Destiny. <laughs> he um, must, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm just surprised he's uh, he's got the stamina, but I guess he's still a young buck. Um, There's a lot of things to do in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the Cool Cat movies, Vito? Vaguely. Were those the ones by, like, not Plimpton? Was it Plimpton? No, it's a guy no, named that, Derek that's, Savage. That's, you're thinking Fritz the Cat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these are some really bad movies that were like, they they were like a vanity project by this kind of scammy guy. And he he tricked a few celebrities into being in the movie. He got uh, Vivica A. Fox and Eric Estrada to be in this really bad movie. They they even filmed it in a neighborhood. I think I did hear about this. Yeah. They filmed it in a neighborhood. And in the background, you can see people, like, opening the front door and seeing them filming and, like, going back inside. It's <laughs> So his another thing he does, he skipped it last year, but he does this award show. The 420 Awards, and he's finally... It might just be me, Whoa. but every time I hear Sturgis talk, he sounds like the young low wrestler guy you played on DP long ago, who would dive into tables full of painful oh, items. Did you Keep go- up yeah. the good work and don't let Super the get you down. 
Instead of diving into tables full of painful items, he dives into conversations he can't mentally grasp. <laughs> yeah. So here's uh, Derek Savage's uh, ad. He put out an ad for the 420 Awards. Hey, guys, it's Derek here, and are you ready to have some fun? Yes, sir. You know what that means. It means the 420 yes, Awards are ready to post and, and to show you. Hey, I'll tell you what, guys. Here's a scene from it. Dirty Dog was nominated. His song was nominated. In this yeah, the, the protagonist is Cool Cat, and the antagonist is Dirty Dog. Show and he and tried to jump on the coronavirus thing early on, and then and before I think he that, became it was like bullying. an antivirus. I think he became an antivirus person in between because by the time the video started to get released, he, he was like making like tongue and cheek jokes about it. It was very <laughs> cute, but he was taking it very seriously when he thought he could make a dollar off of it. And then he was like, "Well, you know this virus." And it's like oh. he also did a guns <laughs> a gun safety one. He's done all sorts yeah. of weird shit, and he positions it as like educational. He'll try to get people to buy his books. I'm sure uh, like, he gets like grants schools. for a lot of this shit. Oh my god, what a waste. He got a little mad. Here's part of the scene. Okay, um, I'm going to release it. Hey, what days you got? Like next Friday or next Saturday? You let me know. Put put a comment down below when you would like to, to see the fifth annual 420 Awards. Get ready to have fun. Guys, take it easy. And next Friday or next Saturday, put it down below. Hey, and if you're not subscribed... So he's asking his fans when he should do the the award show if they want it friday or saturday huh okay you know what you know what? i was gonna say friday because i can't wait but i actually have something going on friday so i'm gonna say saturday okay because I, <laughs> I i i need to have to wait because otherwise i'll cancel my friday plans to watch it good choice it's gonna be it's gonna be a big uh, event yeah it's the 420 yeah. awards okay. i wonder See i wonder who's gonna win movie of the year again he had a ventriloquist on and he called it he called them his ventrilla twist there's there's so <laughs> much unintentional comedy at this thing it's unbelievable and you know what he'll do he'll create awards to give them to himself He'll nominate himself as like best director or like cool cat <laughs> as best character or whatever and give himself his own award. And there's like 10 people in the audience for it. It's it's wow. next and level. All the other awards that go to major motion pictures. And when, when he's when he's introducing the award, he'll be like, oh, and uh, Brad Pitt couldn't make it tonight. So accepting for Brad Pitt will be the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what it says at the bottom. The non woke award show. So he's riding that wave. Finally. now. Too. Finally. Awards, baby. Finally. I got to watch I... this. Cool cat. So there's only one Cool Cat movie, though? No, no, but there might as well be because the other Cool Cat movies were just, like, re-edited footage from the old ones made to make a new movie. And the guy who originally played Cool Cat, uh, like, quit. So now Derek here does voiceovers with the old footage because uh, it's like a guy in a fursuit, basically, almost. It's the the Cool Cat movies are kind of made like sourdough bread is. You use a little bit <laughs> the of the batch piece. from before to make the next yeah. movie. Did it Eric just... Estrada like invest in this? No, I think he I thought think it was so. a, like a. I think he thought he was going to get um some because it was uh, anti-bullying. The first movie's theme is anti-bullying. Basically, I think well, him I'm... and Vivica both did it because they thought they'd get some uh, award points written off of their court cases or something. Like, I think I'm they looking... thought it was a public yeah. service. 
I'm looking at a video of him on the Hollywood Christmas Parade. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, but it's in, it's introduced by Eric Estrada, who's like hosting the parade. Yeah, and I he, don't know. So I want to know what's going on there. If he's like, <laughs> hey, can we get Cool Cat in here? He might, <laughs> that might have been what he did. He like, uh, he probably got Eric Estrada to come into the movie because he met him there. And Eric Estrada thought he was going to do a big film. By the time he got there, he realized it was some old weird chump. Wait, we got to go back. What the fuck is this? This is the best song. Gomez and Sunshine. Oh, yeah. He gets the names of the nominees wrong all the time, too. He'll, like, say the names Lizzie wrong. Make McAlpine. Coronavirus is a scam by Dirty Dog. I drink wine by Adele. <laughs> Calm down by Rima and Selena Gomez and Sunshine by Steve Lacey. Oh, my God. So this this film, he couldn't get the rights to the music, so... Oh, yeah. It's probably better he didn't use the music for by this. Dirty Dog. By Dirty, Dirty Dog. Dog. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> I drink wine by Adele. I think he's learned, oh. though, that people are expecting him to give himself the awards, so he, he'll switch it up every now and then. See, like, this is like this is like a pretty good marketing campaign because somebody doesn't know what's up is they're like, wait, I haven't heard about this Dirty Dog song. Nominated <laughs> alongside all these all these other songs. How does he not have any? Does he not have any music during this segment? Couldn't he have like a little Laura thing? Twenty Award trophy is the best looking trophy out there. It makes that Oscar award and go to. Is Derek doing Dirty Dog's voice? Globe look like a it's little bitch. It's not a good bitch. voice. <laughs> it's just his it's voice. Terrible. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's terrible. Great. Get on that, man. Yeah. I'm nominated for best song, and I better win. I want that 420 award. It's not even a voice. It's just him, like, straining. I want that 420 award. He's not a voice guy. He He had a a guy to do the voices before, but they didn't get along well business-wise. Yeah. So he had to take over the voice. It was the guy that wore the cool cat suit. Um he made a music video just to show off his autographed Eddie Van Halen guitar right here. Oh, I, yeah, I was looking at that. It is a nice looking guitar. <laughs> it's the song is so bad. Huh. That's back when the cool rock and roll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, you're supposed to play a signed guitar. Aren't you supposed to? You probably should. I, I'm not sure he's actually playing it. You, you're going to get your sweaty hands all over. Yeah, he's holding it. He shouldn't. And, and plus, Eddie's no longer with us, so that's like a commodity at this point. So yeah. he probably shouldn't mess with it. That well, was he signed it by... the, I guess when it's the Cool Cat music video, you know, you got to do it. <laughs> that was, that was Van Hagar. No, cool no, no. That cool was... Cat. That was uh, that that was David Lee Roth era Van Halen that that guitar was for. He had a matching outfit that matched the guitar that he would wear back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! For the 420 Awards, favorite song winner is "Calm Down" by Rima and Selena Gomez. No, Dirty Dog's gonna be pissed. Wow. What? This is a scam. And Derek better keep my song out of his mouth. 
I'm gonna get him! Yeah. That's oh my no! Award. Give it to me! Oh no! Yeah. So, so Dirty oh, wow. Dog, Dirty Dog's the bad guy. So him winning the award would have been horrible. Yeah. But him stealing the award. Dog. Him stealing the award is actually brilliant. Here he is on the local news in Las Vegas trying to sell his what stuff as like uh, education. He is the author of a brand new series of books called Cool Cat. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. This is Jesus. perfect timing. The kids are back to school. So, of course, parents are encouraging the kids to read. Pretty Teachers are as well. Maybe How they should put Cool Cat in the Ripperverse. <laughs> This is so embarrassing. That it wasn't really anything well, you know, Jeannie, you know, Jeannie, I was kicked out of, of being around the schools. I wasn't allowed to go around the, the elementary schools anymore, Jeannie. So what I had to do was I had to create a kid's book to give the children a reason to come to me. He's I'm, hiring. He's, it's from two months ago. He's hiring for the, the Cool Cat movie. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was in Have you seen the next movie, what the title of it is. What, no, I'm not sure what the current working title is. Cool Cat vs. Dirty Dog, The Virus Wars. Whoa. Oh, God. That sounds epic. The, yeah, Cool Cat's going to be like, I'm going to infect you with HPV. And then Dirty Dog's like, I'm going to infect you with herpes. And Cool Cat's like, all right, well, I'm going to infect you with uh, herpes simplex too. And and then it goes, it just the goes back and forth. The, the poster says, featuring the world's only civilian-owned Harrier jet. And then yes. it says starring Cool Cat, Dirty Dog, and the Harrier Jet. And <laughs> yep. there's like three yeah. pictures of jets on the poster. He's really excited about this jet. This is great. Yeah, he's buddies with that guy who's he's like he was like a Air Force like a high ranking Air Force guy and oh, he's the only has a jet. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the only the only civilian that owns a Harrier jet and Derek Savage is buddies with him for some reason. Dude, I can't wait for the virus wars. Yeah. Yeah, he, I I think he uh, I think he's scrapped a lot of movie ideas he's had in the past where he says he's going to make it and then he doesn't and he moves. They on said to- it was originally going to be a direct sequel to Cool Cat Fights Coronavirus, but uh, apparently he's spinning it off to do its own thing. Interesting. He's so creative. <laughs> he uses the same picture of him and Cool Cat for every poster. <laughs> Funny how that works. It's probably the only professional photo they have. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first Cool Cat movie is is pretty interesting. <laughs> this is I'm just tickled by this. I yeah. could look at this forever. <laughs> and I love that. I love that like local news stations will just fall for this stupid shit. Do you remember when that guy, what's his name? I forget the name of the actor, but he was going around prevent, pretending to be a yo-yo champion and getting on all these small town uh, cable access shows, but then he like clearly didn't know how to yo-yo at all, or he'd like show up in a cast. And he's like, "Oh, I broke my arm, so I can't actually do any yo-yo tricks." <laughs> but do you want to like ask me about yo-yos? That's and hilarious. Like, I I guess <laughs> Just, like, <laughs> terrible segments. Who was that? Who did that? Uh, you've seen it. He's he's like a big actor now. Uh, hmm. God, what? Uh. Yo-Yo Local News. Yeah. K-Strass, the Yo-Yo guy. I forget who played him. Oh, uh, Gret- Mark Proach. Okay. Who was on. He's been on, like, uh, 
He's in that What They Do in the Shadows show. And okay. he was... Uh, it's the one with the lawyer. Better Call Saul. Hmm. Here, I'll send you a compilation hmm. real quick in the link. I saw Case this... Cross. I saw this thing where Nick Fuentes was on this show recently, and they questioned whether or not he was gay. You What's see? evidence yeah. that you're straight? What's what the, you said I'm gay, child porn. What's the evidence? Let's many, hear it. What's the I case? I think there's been at least two people in your group that have basically been caught around, you know, with pedophilia. Who? Ali was one. And what is my relationship with him? Tell me. I don't know. You got fired by Kanye's campaign, so, didn't you? you Just so like you don't you know. But you got fired by him, didn't you? Uh, no. But let's talk about Ali because but, we could talk about Kanye, but let's talk about Ali because you said... Ali's Ooh. in my group. We what does that mean? Because you just said that. I mean, that's like your best friend forever, isn't he? He's it? my best friend forever? What's my relationship with him? You know what it is. Now you're downplaying you it. Don't even, you but like you don't to... even know. Because you're here to attack me personally. Because you have defensive. some beef with my political you're, you're views. Getting, you're, I like Trump. You're getting Did they live together? Again. Do we know what Ali's relationship was with him? He was like his they... like second in command yeah. for the fucking organization. <clears throat> I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, no, why don't you tell me who he was to your organization? Uh, yeah, dude, he got because like, and people knew about it. That's the weird thing is like they knew that guy was like sniffing around after underage. Wasn't it Milo that outed it? I think so. Milo was like, "Well, I might be gay, but at least, <laughs> at least I'm not." Yeah, sniffing after kids. Uh, man, the whole the whole Nick Fuentes fall from. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that guy. I think he's on. I think he's on his last legs. I think yeah. the grift is, is wrapping up. Possibly, I, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's a valuable, like book. I think man. he's outlived his entertainment potential. There's nothing left. It's like, yeah, all right, he's like a little Nazi guy. But there's uh, there's still like uh, liberals that are, are like that. That's that's the bad guy. That's our bad guy. And as long as he's like, eh. as long as he's a safe he's bad funny. guy, he'll have to be a bad guy. He'd be a scary well, to bad most guy. to most people, like intelligent people, yeah. But to the latent, like yeah. everyday liberal, they're like, oh, that's that Nazi guy. That's that. Well, as long as he has enough people calling him the bad guy, there will be some idiots watching him. I mean, he is a Nazi, though, right? <laughs> I mean. I mean, he's, he's, like, not, he's not a Nazi like the ones our grandpas used no, to. No, no, those don't really exist anymore. <laughs> it's one of those things where if a guy like keeps going like, hey, let's kill all the Jays, and you're like, okay, good joke, I get it. He's like, hey, let's open let's open a concentration camp. You're like, all right, I get it, you're, you're messing around. He's like, how about we you know, we'll lock them all in a cage and torture the shit? And you're like, why do you keep saying this stuff? Because now I think you actually believe it. Uh, and then he did like a big rally where he basically said we're going to make all these people die in a holy war. Yes. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a really shitty thing to say. It's a stupid fucking thing to say. Who wants a holy war? Stop this. He does. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does. Genuinely. I mean, he's like a die. That's what I never understood is that these people are like, oh, he's so fucking based. I'm like, why? Because he wants to go back to like old school religious puritanism where you don't look at your fucking uh wife's you know you don't, you don't look at your girlfriend's vagina until the day you get married i'm like i don't want that why do you want that why do you he, think you want that he doesn't even want a holy war he wants the fan base of people who have been indoctrinated by ideologies and are and are so batshit 
into the fundamentalism and indoctrination that they'll listen to anybody willing to get on the fucking soapbox in their direction. That's all he really wants. If there was a holy war, he wouldn't fucking step foot near it. He wouldn't, he would, but he, he would, would encourage. I mean, that that's where he was on January 6th. He didn't go into the building, but a bunch of his followers did. He was outside yeah, of the building. He don't want that smoke. He's a rabble rouser. He's trying to benefit off of these fucking psycho people. And he's got nothing better to do. He's, Let, he's like, the, there's there's no better world for Nick Fuentes to be in than the one he's in right now. And his 15 minutes maybe are up. I think I think it's over from here. He, unless he like hard pivots and starts making rap music or something. But I mean, he almost <laughs> was. He, he was, almost was. He Tim was dressing Kanye like Kanye. Kanye gave him a new wardrobe. I never saw like I was aware of Nick Fuentes since like 2017. And he always just wore the suits all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're that close to Kanye, you got to get on a track. That's it. Because once you're on a track with Kanye, it's it's immortal forever. Kanye doesn't just put anybody on tracks, though. Kanye. Is I know, actually but you got to be like listen, music. But Kanye was like at the height of his paranoia, and you got had to be like, listen, man, we got to do it. The worst person Kanye way for Jesus to come back. The worst person Kanye ever ever put on a song was Kanye. Mm. And Kanye's good. So that that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty high bar. Yeah, that's true. At least get in the video. And environmentally friendly. All right. So this How yo-yo guy interested in this. Well, yo-yo master Katie Strasser has an idea. <laughs> He's visiting Madison schools this week, teaching kids about being green. How do you combine going green with the yo-yo. Um, uh, well, first thing, uh, one of the things that we do um, is teach the kids about how uh, recycling works. Mm -hmm. They'll do anything to fill airtime. It's great. <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, how so uh, uh, um, to recycle batteries, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And... Uh, Honestly, it's it's been kind of a struggle to get into some of the schools, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, it's a shame because um, they do they pay really well. But then when you get in, you need to first thing you need to do is stop at the office, sign in, uh, get a badge, mm -hmm. not like gun smoke <laughs> badge, right? Just your name, normal your name, and then the security guard will take you down to the. Uh, Auditorium, gymnasium, basically a room. How did how did you get started to do something like this? Uh, well, that, you want to hear a scary story? A, a brief, <laughs> scary mm -hmm. brain fart. Uh, scary story is basically at one time this saved my life. I was literally in the gutter, <laughs> and it was gambling, drugs, uh, women, lotto. Well. That's basically gambling. But uh, <laughs> I was looking the Grim Reaper in his eyes, and I was at a door, and there was it was locked, and I needed a key, and this was the doorknob, okay. literally. And you know how when a drug, drug addict gives it their all? That's what I did with this. Can you show us some <laughs> cool tricks you can do with it? How about, yeah. How about we uh, uh, show each other some tricks? Oh, so gosh. I'll go first. You, I was going to say, you first. Okay, uh, this is the simple up and down. And when, I, when I'm with students, yeah. what I say is, you know, life has a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it, it's great because the looks on their faces are like, okay. Dude, when he's just like going down the, well, I was in a hole. 
And you want to hear a scary story? It's like, no, dude, this is a lighthearted fucking morning show bit. No one wants to hear about your drug addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the worst thing because, you know, you don't know if this guy's for real or not. And you're not, you're not, you're trying not to lose your job by picking on the Tism guy. Right. That's the only thing that keeps Ben and I employed. But it's like these guys, they, they get, they get money from, uh, the, the, I don't know, the Fisher Price brothers or whoever runs the media. I'm, they got to go along for the ride. Yeah. And this, uh, is, this, is, this is actually very close to like date rates. <laughs> e. See, these are these yo-yos are great for the environment. Not so great for yo-yos. This keeps happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how many schools will you be visiting this week? Uh, this week I am at Stoughton mm-hmm. and I'm going up to Milton also. Okay. Sounds good. They're like, let's right, end once it. Once again, he is visiting Madison schools this week. If you like more information on Kenny and being green. Oh, this is a compilation of a bunch of his news appearances. Oh, yeah. There's like there's like a bunch of like some of the tricks he pulls off. He's just literally whipping it around his head. It's like not a yo-yo <laughs> trick at all. Uh, oh, hold on. Go back to that same clip real quick. Oh, okay. Go to like go to like 18 minutes in. All right. So great for yo-yo. 18. Keeping it green. Vito, I've heard you recently talk about having kids. Ah, we'll see. I've, I've, I've got a, I've, I've got a, I think I figured it out. I was thinking yesterday, I turned 40 yesterday and I was thinking when I get married, I'm going to get married to somebody who has the same birthday as me, except the day after. Mm. So I can never forget my wife's birthday. I feel like that's a big deal, right? Like, would you forget, would you forget your wife's yeah. birthday? Yeah, well, my, so, family, my family's terrible at birthdays and holidays, so I got to get better at that. So I just want to wish my future wife a happy birthday right now. So I'm I, obviously going to gonna, thinking, I'm gonna marry somebody the day after mine, so I never forget. I think it's tough on their level and, and try to hook them with something like a wrap. Okay. So it's, uh, and it's kind of clever because it includes me. Okay. Um, oh, is goes, this a wrap? Hey, they're up in the sky. It's the uh, K Strauss, the yo yo guy. And then I do the. There was a A rubber room. A rubber room with rats. The rats made me crazy. Crazy? I was crazy once. They locked me in a yo yo. A rubber yo yo. I died there. The rats ate me. The people, rats, rats, I hate rats. People, they drive me crazy. People in the chat are like, this guy has to be playing a character. Yes, we were discussing this earlier. This guy was was <laughs> yeah. trolling the news people, saying he was good at yo-yos, and then this showed up. like an actual comedic yeah. actor now. He's like been on the one in the chat. One in the chat, if you were having a fap when we explained that part Going, five minutes ago. And I get them into it. Okay. And so when once I do that, they are ready to learn. Okay, so you're ready to do the trick? Then I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I tell you what, I'm going to get out of the way here, and I'm going right. to let Case Ross go ahead and take it away. And uh, I usually have, like, a headpiece for right. this. No, no, uh, for effect. Okay. Because I act like I'm in a uh, blue angel. Okay. So I say, uh, air traffic uh, control, we are ready for takeoff. All right, 10-4, guys, let's roll. So you get that one going. Oops, <laughs> one. And then uh, we're going and we get worrying and we're like, all right, everybody, let's take it down to the ground and we'll get into a Huey. 
And we get oh, he's going? in a Huey. He's in a <laughs> Huey, dude. <laughs> he got into a Huey. Look at that. He went no full All right, Huey. everyone. We're going to switch it off here. And great let's bring it back the home TV behind for him. a clean landing. 10-4. Uh. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I, I got... Was that a clear landing? I'm very dizzy. Okay. <laughs> you want to continue where you're at, or can you do that? Okay, because you've got all eight yo-yos in there, but... Uh, actually, we've got seven now, so... Uh, but uh, Honestly, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to give up... Some of the yo-yo stuff because I don't have the muscle, muscle memory. Okay. Well, anyway, but uh, you do uh, go on. I don't getting depressing. The muscle memory. <laughs> out to schools, and uh, again, let's talk a little bit more about the Zips app and what they do. Like you said, uh, no, this is actually the for. segment, obviously. <laughs> like, why is this guy still going? For, He's got time it's a non-profit. It's a non-profit. They're based it's, in Minneapolis. It's definitely a show. Uh, uh, the shows ran with a certain amount of allotted time. Yeah. And I, they they, they got to yeah, try and fill that time. Break. Throws off everything else. Somebody was asking who he is on Better Call Saul. He's the guy in the first season who like <clears throat> don't they like the the don't they steal his baseball cards or something or he barters oh, okay. his baseball cards? I forget. He was like the nerdy homeowner. Who's uh fucking around with actual gangsters? The homeowner?d Yeah, the homeowner. 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 He hires them to uh, rob his house for the insurance money or something. I think that might have been it. Yeah. I, I think like that. that was it. Yeah. Oh. Now we're gonna have to have this conversation at some point about Barbie. I'm I'm I've, always ready. I've been waiting to have this conversation I'll with somebody. You. Ben, Ben hasn't watched it. Yeah, so I, I don't watch movies. So Barbie Vito, see, man, I, I saw you talking about Barbie. Uh, you were you were trying to have this conversation with Destiny. He didn't watch it either. Uh, you really enjoyed Barbie. I think you said it was one of these movies is going to be classic, a classic. Did you I compare it to Willy classic. Wonka? I said I compared it to like yeah, it's gonna be like one of those ones that's like, oh, you've never seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? What are you nuts? You know, it's gonna be like one of those. It's gonna be in that breath. You've never seen Elf? You've never seen uh, I don't know, Blazing Saddles? No, just one of these classic movies. Is it, it's just Pink Matrix, right? It is pink. It's pink. Uh, I think it's the movie reminds me most of is Steven Spielberg's AI. Hey, I see this. This is where I think uh, that's a little off. I saw you tell Destiny that this is one of those movies where, like, the doll becomes uh, or wants to be a human, like Pinocchio style. Yeah. AI was Pinocchio. Yeah, I don't think that's what this is. I think this it's... is this is this is this movie uh, is Barbie is an avatar for an ideology, and this is this is the the this is more like the the Jesus arc. Where somebody dies, Barbie has to die for the ideology, so that we can go on and exist in 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 peace. You yeah. know, Pandora's box was opened when when this the villain of the movie, the mom, decides right. that her life sucks, so she has to make that Barbie's problem. And and then and then now, Barbie, sorry, my bad. Sorry, I didn't. Mean Barbie to not that. only has to fix Barbie Land. She has, but she has to become, she has to die. She has to leave this utopia that is Barbie land and go to the real world. I disagree. 
so that this 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 stereotypical idea of women can die as well. I I I mean, is that your actual take on the movie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I I watched it three times, so I'm pretty sure that's what's going on here. I don't think Barbie Land is a utopia, though. It's clearly a false utopia. If anything, it's like is hell. It, is it though? It's a world completely controlled by six-year-old girls and where no rational human being should want to live. Yeah, and then the villain of the movie, the mom, introduces adult ideas into this utopia. This is this is no, but this it is wasn't a, a utopia before. It was it was a fucked. It was a six-year-old utopia. Children, any any society controlled by the minds of children is inherently uh, full of uh, what do you call it? Strife. And discontent and uh, inequality, as we see the Kens live in an unequal society, because uh, what six-year-old girl cares about the plight of a, of a Ken doll? They don't care. It's all about Bart. But they're they're the gods in this universe. Yes, yes. And then and then you look at the real world in this movie, and you get the the Ben Shapiro types that think it's like an anti-masculine movie, when really it's about like male autonomy. The whole movie is is like a a pro male film. Like I mean, it, the it, movie has the ultimate manosphere message, which is it? not allow yourself to be be defined by the pussy you chase. Ken, who has spent his entire life as a simp, pining for the affection of Barbie, learns to uh, be his own man. That he is Kenuff, and does not need to uh, engage in this endless pursuit of a uh, meaningless uh, female companionship but that's not what will complete him well he needs to complete himself first but in a, in a world run by six-year-old girls that he was complete like the, a six-year-old girl should never ever go further than what ken was in her world well the problem, the problem with ken is that he wanted barbie but this barbie was broken and, and and that was all goes on America Ferrera too. She ruined the entire world. They, they they literally opened up Pandora's box for Barbie, and there's a scene in the movie where she could have gone back in the box. You know how rare it is that you can go back into Pandora's box. But Barbie knew there was higher elevation. She had to meet the the uh, the Oracle. The I don't know is, is that the 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 architect whoever whoever the, uh, the Rhea Perlman was, and yeah. she had to ascend through Pink Matrix to become the one. Real Perlman. So was God? Let's. This be movie. This movie was pretty mate. much just the Passion of the Christ, but Barbie was the Christ. There was some passion stuff there, but I think I think where we differ uh, is that Barbie Land is not the real world. It's a bad place. But the real world in this Barbie movie is not even the real world. We see like in in the scene where uh, the they go up the elevator. One of the buttons on the elevator is is not a, a button you would ever see in the real world. This is these are the I think levels Mattel, in the matrix to show Mattel this is another level. Is a, is a middle ground. Mattel is like purgatory. Mattel is the halfway point in your Dante's Inferno journey to the bottom layer of hell, which is Barbie Land. And, uh, and, and like you said, it's a classic, but it's a classic for all the wrong reasons. We watch Willy Wonka, and we like we like the kids and the candy and the fat kid going in the the Augustus Gloop and the Chocolate River. But really, yeah. really, what that movie was about was about the the corporate greed and freeing yourself, like this movie also was about, freeing yourself from the constraints of what society expects from you and learning to be honest and true with oneself so you can then rise above and create the real 
free world that we should enjoy and live in. I think Barbie's just the Pinocchio story. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really I think all. you're off on that. I think you're a off on that. doll discovers what it is to be human and desires it for themselves. And yes, no, America Ferrera's uh, character did introduce complications into the Barbie universe, but the Barbie universe is a, it's a toy universe, so it doesn't matter. You could kill everyone in the Barbie universe and it would have zero moral repercussions because they aren't real. And you could say that about our own world. Well, I guess you could say that. <laughs> you, could say, you could say that about the grand if, if, of the if universe. There, if there is, they, they were all creations. They were all ideals. And if you can kill creations and ideals because you feel so and it's not immoral, then we have to look and see at what I mean, point are we a creation or an they're ideal. They're toys, you know? Like, if you cut the head off a doll, you haven't really you know, hurt anybody. Have you seen the way they play toy soldiers with a human race? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, There's some parallels if, there. If you look at the underlining of Barbie, it's really spelling it out for the the like the Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer came out, and people say these two movies had no real connection to each other, but they're both about a bombshell that changed the course of the world through the idea around it. <laughs> that's the literally literally Barbie and Oppenheimer are the same thing. Yeah, no. Just I, one, one's one's tailored I, for people Bar- that pee Barbie standing is, up, and one's yeah. tailored for people pee standing down. That's all. I think Barbie poses deeper philosophical questions than Oppenheimer. If anything, Oppenheimer, it's kind of just hitch on the head, like, well, nuclear war, huh? What about that? Like, yeah, I get it. It's bad. You know, it's bad to kill people with nukes unless I don't know. You have to. Yeah, uh, but it's a lot. The, the, the Barbie Barbie is about the uh, the fear of death uh, for in a selfish way, and Oppenheimer is about the fear of death in a uh, in, in a more globalized altruistic way. Yeah, uh, I liked the singing in Barbie. I think was better than the songs in Oppenheimer. So but gotta... but the fucking in Oppenheimer was better than the fucking, the fucking in Barbie. Oppenheimer was good. <laughs> did have that one decent show tune. We're going to put him in the ground. You, you, All the you, Japanese <laughs> don't know what's coming to town. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Hokkaido, Japan. Kill them all and clean up the hand. All right, I don't remember. Did you that. write this, Vito? No. <laughs> you know that that song sounds a lot like uh, a song from South Park. The it's Yunkai. Yeah, yeah, the. Uh, the Oppenheimer, it's like you how often do you see a Christopher Nolan sex scene? You knew you were getting the Christopher Nolan sex scene in Oppenheimer only so he could make it real fucking weird later on. And when they're in the fucking uh office and the wife is there getting interviewed and she just starts watching uh the uh who I don't know, Florence Pugh Flo Florence Pugh when she just shows up in the middle of the conversation. That's that's classic Christopher Nolan sex <laughs> scene right there. He doesn't do them. That's just like, oh, this son of a bitch is doing it just to make it weird. Too long. Just to make it weird. Barbie had good dancing. Barbie was great. I have not actually seen Oppenheimer yet because I'm waiting for it to come to home video because three three hours is too long. I've seen Oppenheimer twice and Barbie three times in theaters. How do you have any time to do anything to see? Meaning, I've seen I've seen six hours of each. I think that's enough. Barbie was really good. Uh, I, th- I have to f- I have to decide if it's better or worse than a Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which was my number one film so far this year. Huh. I, I had a good time with that. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't. I, I think I enjoyed uh, Across the Spider Verse more, but I'm not convinced it's a better movie. Um, well, because it ends on a cliffhanger, and the cliffhanger. Yeah. When, whenever I mean, there's a, a cliffhanger, cliffhanger, whenever there's a trilogy, I have to see all three before I can really judge. Mm. As Barbie is a standalone, I can judge Barbie for what it is. I'm sure it'll probably get a sequel, right? I forgot to keep up with my wrestling facts or famous moments last week. Oh, so shit. here's another one. That moment when an aging Hulk Hogan started doing his famous I can't hear you gesture but in earnest and it bummed everyone out. Oh. <laughs> in earnest. <laughs> no, really, I cannot hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan uh. had a birthday this week, too. 70. The great yeah. Leos. The great Leos of our world. Billy the Fridge, Hulk Hogan, a future wife. I don't know who else. Fidel Castro. Good old Castro. The great Leos. Alfred Hitchcock. I only know those two because they share my birthday. Teddy Rubskin. The great Leos. Steve Martin. The great Leos. Everyone who's watching right now who hasn't yet liked the stream, please like the stream. Also, quick reminder, check out the pre-shows that we do. We recorded one before this episode, so that'll be going up in the next 12 hours or so, give or take. Also, uh, there's a link in the chat. If you want to check that out, you can bookmark the page so you can make sure to check out the pre-show every time we release one. Also, uh, help throw us a couple bucks. Help us uh, hit the tip train. We need the tip train right now. Thank you. Thank you. Get that train moving, folks. (laughs) Yes. Let's do a a tip bombing spree. Uh, Each bomb will take out a different Japanese capital. Uh, 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 Are you trying to get us kicked off of Rumble? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was a crazy gimmick where bret hart's glasses just turned every child he put them onto it into a, a, a freeze frame snap switch to freddie blassie just a hard <laughs> camera cut into freddie, freddie blassie. blassie yeah it was a weird weird gimmick yeah pencil neck then, then, geek. then i think it was uh who, who was it uh the uh, the red rooster that came out and told Bret Hart, "You gotta stop turning these eight year old kids into eighty year olds, dude." Is that a gimmick? Is that happening? No, <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been a great wrestling gimmick. I'm just gonna take every Don does doodles wrestling fact and, and explain it, it like it's like it was real. Uh, yeah, yeah. What other movies? Are, isn't some other movie? Oh, Blue Beetles coming out. Oh boy. Oh, they're mad oh. about that. The the Eric July fans are very mad about that. Why? I'll watch that because the because they race swapped Magic the Gathering cards. Because they race swapped the Blue Beetle, even though there's been care. like three or four Blue Beetles, right? Well, he, that, that Hispanic Blue Beetle's been Nagasaki in the Nagasaki three for the last twenty years. I love bombing so powerful as skips Nagasaki two. Uh? Look, I love Ted Cord Blue Beetle. I get it, but like this, the the Mexican one has been around since two thousand six. So that's seventeen years or whatever. You you remember uh, the 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 original, the Dan Garrett Blue last Beetle one for the night when Harriet Tubman was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. No one really understood why, but the gesture was nonetheless appreciated. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the uh, the original the original Blue Beetle, he had like a, a magical scarab, and he had yes. legit superpowers. And then the second Blue Beetle got the scarab, but Couldn't then lost it. The yeah, he just like I thought he. I don't know if he lost. Did he lose it? I, I thought, thought he, he lost it. And then the Mexican kid showed up, and he can use the scarab and get powers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I'm mad because they killed the second Blue Beetle. I don't know if he's back now, but he was great because him and Booster Gold were like the team. Ted Cord. Booster Gold is the greatest DC superhero of all time. Uh, a man who came back from the future because he got caught sports betting on his own uh, college football games. <laughs> he just stole a bunch of shit from a superhero museum and went back in time and said, yeah, I'm a superhero from the future. And I'm going to be the next superstar of Earth. And uh, just committed to the bit. And it was great. I'd like to see Martian Manhunter done right. Like, they had him in... Wasn't he in the Zack Snyder cut? Yeah. Um, I didn't like that. But I think they could have done it better. Maybe maybe they will eventually. Um, Martian Manhunter could be cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you could get into him, though. Why not? I don't know, because he's a fucking Martian, man. He's afraid of when's fire. Last, when's the last time we had an alien hero that people love? Uh, Superman. But Superman's basically... No, he is an alien, though. I, I, I think and, Lobo and, and, can be done right, too, because they're going to make Lodo, Lobo with Jason Momoa, right? I think all this DC shit sucks, and they're fucked. You don't think they could I ever do I it think better? James Gunn... I don't think they have a good universe. Did you man. watch... Did you watch uh, Peace uh, Peacemaker? Yeah, I think James Gunn is pretty good with so, characters. I don't think it matters how bad they are. Yeah, I think he's able. I think he's good at story. Well, so Vito, Suicide Squad. Vito. So yeah, So you don't you don't fine. think DC has any good characters? I think they have good characters, but the problem is their shared superhero universe is like bad. It's like their characters don't work well together. Like, everybody loves Batman, right? And all the stuff that's because just of his Batman. Villains. Yeah, and his villains. And the whole Batman universe is great. And then when Superman shows up, it sucks. Because you're like, Hold what the on. Fuck's the point of I know what's going on here. Because I mentioned the Lobo movie, and he started shitting on everything. Lobo is a superhero who kills uh, many times other superheroes. Does Lobo that sound is familiar? villain. Oh, he's, oh. he's like an anti-hero. Uh, he... He kind of can fall into the hero category depending on who he's killing. Are you saying Lobo comic book ripped off Super Killer Ben? <laughs> I, think so. I think Lobo came out in like the late '80s or something. Yeah, but the idea behind Super Killer is a lot different than just killing fucking. I don't villains. know. I don't know about that. He's Super Killer. <laughs> like if, if Super Killer was actually a ripoff of anything, it would be like. Uh, uh, your your local garbage man. He's just out there emptying trash, basically. Yeah, man. He's just doing his job. He's just emptying these universal trash cans. He's got to. I can tell you what. Shut him down. Super, off of. It's quantum leap. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, yeah. There's some of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gantz. You ever watch Gantz? No. Read Gantz. Bro, you gotta watch Gantz. I'm gonna tell you the story of Gantz real quick. Okay. In Japan, sometimes when you die, I understand Vito's issue here. Oh, why is there a rich guy in a bat suit when there are at least five Kryptonians and like ten the Flashes? Yeah, the universe sucks because like the characters don't fit together. It's like why is Batman hanging out with guys who are like can just 
you know, lift mountains and shit. I don't know. I guess he's good. And then, like, I don't know. They don't... The, the thing about Marvel is, like, most of the characters seem to have, like, roughly equal power levels. No way. No way. I, I, I mean, If you told me, like, Iron Man is going to fight, like, any one of the X-Men, I'd be like, yeah, that'd probably be, like, a fair fight. None of them are, like, but then there's, like infinitely these, better than the other one. But then there's, like, these cosmic entities that are, like, gods, essentially. And then there are, like, actual gods, too, you know? Well, like, Thor and the Hulk are, like, the standout tough guys, but even the Hulk is just, like really strong he can't like to fly anywhere and do anything Barbie is a brilliant no deconstruction of feminism through the perspective I mean, of a child reared in our consumeristic society wow needs more boobs beer guns explosions and should have starred a computer animated pamela anderson i thought it was kind of weird in the latest guardians of the galaxy movie they made adam warlock kind of like a buffoon and he was not like that uh yeah they, the, that pissed a lot of people off yeah, that was another person I would bring up, like a character that was like really powerful. What about like Gladiator? Remember Gladiator? That was a very powerful character too. Here's what I think about the DC universe and why it fails to the Marvel universe. Because one's owned by Disney and you're a Disney stan. Yeah, I'm a Disney stan. I think with Marvel, you really understand the limitations of the characters and their weaknesses more. You know, like you understand, like, okay, the Hulk is like super strong, but he's like kind of out of control and, you know, can't plan ahead, you know? So that's an interesting character. Like, it's balanced out. Like, what is Wonder Woman's weakness? Uh, yeah, know, I'm not even sure. What she's is, is, she's what, basically a god. Okay, like, like, they also have like essential character flaws, you know, like. Uh, Iron Man, you know, he's too cocky, he's a drinker, whatever else. What is, you know, uh, Wonder Woman's essential character flaw? I don't know, she's a little, like, uh, too confident, maybe? What is the Flash's essential character flaw? It depends on which Flash you're talking about, right? Any of them. I think they don't have one. there There are other characters in DC that definitely have more apparent flaws, but... I think Marvel works because, like, every character has, like, an, an obvious, like, psychological problem or, like, something that's their issue. You know, Wolverine's dealing with a lot of, like, trauma. I mean, I get Can I tell you, uh, can I tell you Shazam's, uh, character flaw? He's a child. Well, I wasn't gonna say that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of Steamboat? No. Do a do a Google search for uh, Shazam Steamboat. Okay, I do know Steamboat. Okay, yeah, I, I don't have to look it up. I thought about it for a second. I went, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah." I, I don't, he had a slave. History with Steamboat is not good. Yeah, uh, like somebody's saying in the chat. Oh, um, you know, Wonder Woman's flaw is that she's an outsider to man's world. What? I never see that in any of the stories. Like it doesn't come into play. Lobo uh, has character flaws, but there are there are plenty. I mean, like there's one Lobo issue where he the Easter Bunny hires him to kill Santa Claus. So he wasn't the good guy in that one, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But you don't need you don't need character flaws for a character to be good. You need the character to be good. Having flaws doesn't make them good, but you know they can the crisis you can, on you can have a flawless character if it's last, good you can have a well no i don't think you can i think the whole point is if you have a story 
the character has to have something to overcome. Yeah. Uh, it can't just be, oh, I can't figure out how to punch this guy. I think in a good story, <laughs> it's like they're overcoming some inner turmoil. Or what, some, what, if, uh, what if their lack of flaws, what if their lack of flaws makes the story interesting? What if, what if, what if you're flawless and because you're flawless, all the flawed, all the flawed people become the, the, the flaw and the character has to like, like, well, I guess, wouldn't that be, uh, the Omni in the, uh, the, the Omni man or whatever the hell that what's the Amazon version of the yeah, boys. Omni-Man. It's like the cartoon Omni man. Yeah. He's flawless, right? No, he's not flawless. What? Perfect. He's, what? It, he's perfect. Are you talking about his power level? I'm talking about his character. Omni yeah, man I mean, is like, I mean, he's better than everybody else. I think that's flawless. <laughs> I don't oh, know watching the show. Correctly. Everybody else around him is flawed. Oh, he has a flawed ideology as, that he should. He has the right to as a, nar- the as a narcissist. As a narcissist, yeah. he's a flawless character. Oh. Homelander. Homelander has flaws. Homelander has mommy issues. Homelander's right. a little, a, 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 and that's his flaw. Omni Man has zero flaw. The world around him is flawed, and he Fixed tries flaw. to fix it, but, but he realizes it's worthless. And that would be a flaw to try and fix a worthless world. See, this is perfect, because in the chat, Vicar Fly goes, Superman isn't flawless, kryptonite exists. And that is the difference between the so DC stupid. and the Marvel universes, is that in the Marvel universe, it's like, yes, these guys might have secret weaknesses or whatever else, but ultimately, their weakness okay. is their character flaws and their relationships. So what if they... DC, it's like, their weakness is this magic gun or this, like, guy who can do a fucking thing, and it's like, yeah, but I want to know, like, about... You know their family turmoil, and so relationships. They kind of did that uh, with injustice, right? Because they they made Superman highly flawed, where he yeah. was like killing people. Why everybody likes injustice because it actually has characters who are like not just a bunch of fucking Boy Scouts. Like we got to go fight Rockman. He's so strong. You know. Like, one of the best things about Reed Richards is he's a terrible fucking husband. He's a bad dad. He's, like, a bad provider for his family. He doesn't love his wife right. Uh, his kids are growing up wrong. It's interesting. But that's a crutch. Like, you don't have to have a flaw to have a good character. You have it's, to. It's, you, you think that because that's what you've been drawn to. Because I, I don't want to say this, Vito. You're like the flawed version of me. Okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Someone uh, in the chat says G- K from Gantz is a perfect flawed hero. Oh, you guys got to read Gantz. All right, I'm going to pitch Gantz to you real quick. Yeah. So when you die in Japan, you might get sent to this uh, Japanese uh, apartment. And in the middle of the apartment's a big black ball. And it tells you, uh, you got to fight aliens. And if you fight aliens, I'll give you points. And if you get 100 points, you can come back to life. And you go, what the fuck? And it goes, here's a super gun. Here's a fucking super suit. Put it on. I'm teleporting you to some part of Tokyo right now to fight aliens. And then you fight the aliens. Oh, no. The aliens are shutting down. They're silencing him. Okay, we we missed part of that. Okay, I'm sorry. They fight the aliens. They fight the aliens. The point is some people get really addicted to fighting the aliens. Because when you get 100 points, you get three options. One is you can come back to life which would be great. Uh, two is you can bring somebody else back to life. If you get like your friend died, you know, you can be like, All right, I'll bring it back. 
Or third, you can trade, uh, you can get an awesome fucked up super weapon to keep fighting aliens. And some guys get super addicted to fighting aliens uh, in the in the middle of Tokyo. Also, you're invisible to normal people for some reason, and the aliens are as well. So people are like, "Why is that building exploding?" And they don't know you're, that you're fighting fucked up aliens. Uh, so at one point, they have the Osaka mission where is they this get mainly about teleported. the movies. I believe some of this has been done in DC Comics. Yes. So at one point, they get the Osaka mission, and they made a whole movie out of the Osaka mission. Uh, where the uh, the team gets sent to Osaka instead of Tokyo. And they're like, well, we've never done a mission in Osaka before. Who are those other guys with the super suits and the laser guns? And why are they shooting up heroin? <laughs> and a bunch of Japanese guys are just, like, shooting up heroin, and they're like, I can't wait to fucking kill aliens. I love killing aliens more than anything else. And they're all smoking weed and shooting heroin, and they all have, like, been through the ringer and gotten 100 points so many times. They all have, like, samurai swords the size of a building or, like, giant mechs. And then they're just chasing down these aliens, some of which resemble, like, demon women. And then they just start, like, you know, uh, raping them because they're high on heroin. And Tokyo team is like, Jesus Christ, Osaka team is fucking hardcore. What's wrong with these guys? And uh, that's Gantz. It's invisible Japanese people fighting aliens to get points. That's pretty fucking crazy. Oh, dude, it's the best uh, comic ever made. And uh, it is the basis for my comic book, Super Killer, now available on Indiegogo. Yeah. Uh, I stole a lot from James. <laughs> do you think do you think that you'll have a second book out for Super Killer uh quicker than Eric Jalaga Ice 2 out? No. Okay. Uh but that's fine. Uh, right now my artist is real busy. Uh so it's okay. all about working with his schedule. Uh yeah. in the future I could do what Eric did and hire a bunch of guys in Argentina who have nothing else to do. But you know, I kind of went and found like an artist who was suited for the project. Yeah, uh, do you think the quality will... Uh, I found a guy who's in demand, who, like, has other people trying to pay him to make stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, but whatever. I think once we get this knocked out and he sees how much money he can make, I think, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to make future issues happen quicker. Nice. Don't forget, though, go to Indiegogo, check out Super Killer. You're gonna love it! You're gonna love it. Cool shit. Uh, shit, somebody asked something. Oh, someone says, I'm convinced Vito has read, like, two DC comics. Look, I've read the good ones, okay? I've read... Uh, what's the Superman? All-Star Superman? Sure. I've read Long Haul. Well, any of the Batman stuff doesn't count, because all the Batman stuff's good, because Batman is a flawed character. Like, we explore Batman's flaws. He's, he's a fucking a psychologically damaged weirdo who can't get close to anyone because he's worried about them getting hurt. That's interesting. Okay, and he, but like and he has to know the foil to everybody, or else like yeah, he, he's he's ba- basically the strongest character in DC, isn't he? Like he can he knows how to beat everybody. Yeah, well he's the he's he's got a plan for everybody, and that's yeah. why it's interesting. But like okay, so I can name you know the good Batman books and the good Superman. What's the best Wonder Woman story? There isn't one because they're all bad. Wonder I don't Woman. know. I saw this a Wonder Woman porn parody. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay, well that sounds good, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman's a bad character. What's the best Flash story? Flashpoint? Again, that's just a Batman story. Oops. Okay, so that doesn't even count. A lot of the DC uh, characters uh, I like are kind of the more fringe ones. Like like Sand I, I like the like Sandman. Vertigo, if you do like John Constantine and Swamp Thing, that shit was all interesting. But DC doesn't do that shit anymore. Yeah. Kingdom Come is the best comics ever. Kingdom Come sucks. What's that Whoa. guy's name? Uh, Ross, Alex Ross, 
Alex Ross can draw real good. He can't write for shit. Uh, Damn. Earth X is interesting, but then it went off the rail. Dude, Kingdom Come sucks. You think King, did you read Kingdom Come? I didn't. I don't read comic books. I watch the Barbie movie and compare it to the Matrix. That's literally all I do. I guess Alex Ross <laughs> did not write Kingdom Come. He just illustrated oh. it. Uh, Kingdom Come is what if some dude with horns killed the Joker and made everybody really sad? <laughs> and, uh, it's just not interesting. I mean, it's cool watching all the the art's really good, and it's cool watching all those guys fight. But the actual story is just nothing. It's a nothing. I wish they had a uh, Joker comic book where the insane clown posse joined the Joker and took down Batman and the Wu-Tang Clan. That'd be fucking dope. I think that DC... I think, yeah, I don't know how you do a DC. uh, Just do it. Here's what they should do. Uh, Fuck all the other characters. Just make a Batman universe. They fucked it up because they made a bad Batgirl movie. Go back to the... Go back, make a good Batgirl movie, make a Nightwing movie, make a Batman Beyond movie, make a, make a Teen Titans. Do we Let's... know the Batgirl movie was bad? Didn't, didn't, didn't they not release the Batgirl movie? Apparently it's dog shit. Well, have you seen the ones they have released? Maybe it's good. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, based on the ones <laughs> that they have released, I'm going to say it probably was way worse than the ones they've been putting out. Are you do you think do you think maybe they don't know what good is? I, I heard the one that they they didn't release has uh, Brendan Fraser in it. it Academy Award Brennan winner Brendan Fraser. Fraser. How could that be bad? <laughs> a lot of ways that could be bad. There's a lot of ways. Name one Brendan Fraser movie that was ever bad. Oh, wait. Uh, Monkey Bone. <laughs> Fuck. That's not fair. That was a Chris Kattan movie, wasn't it? I don't actually remember Chris <laughs> Monkey Bone. Or what's the, what was the name of it? Shit. Uh, I'm looking up his movies. There's like one, wasn't he in like Kangaroo Joe or whatever the fuck? Kangaroo Jack? Kangaroo Jack? No, that was uh, Anthony Anderson and uh, the Jerry O'Connell from uh, Kangaroo Jack was not my guy. People are saying it was Monkey Bone. Bedazzled was good. And Sino Man, classic. 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 He's in the Jesus. Let's see. Uh, what else? The Nut Job, he did a voice. Oh, uh, was this? Girls. Cartoons, I don't count. Because his face isn't selling the, the film. I don't know. Was Inkheart the one? There's some, there's some DS game, and it's like the only Nintendo DS game that has Brendan Fraser on the cover. <laughs> uh, I wanted to buy it just for that reason. Uh, hmm. Brendan Fraser games on the Nintendo DS. Okay, there's three Brendan Fraser games according to this video. Uh, Mummy 3, Inkheart, and Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D. Inkheart. That's what I want. Inkheart from the Nintendo Monkey DS. Bones was golden. TF you mean? Thank you, Mighty Five. I think Vito is just obviously has only read two DC comic books, and he obviously does not watch all of Brendan Fraser's movies. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> I always kind of hope they'd make a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie series, but that'll probably never happen. They did it for the TV show. For the Nobody t- watches the shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to watch right. it. Vito, Vito. Yeah. Right here, right now, on the spot. What's the biggest problem on Infinite Earths? 
Oh my god. This is a comic specific question. Yeah, what's the biggest problem on Infinite Earths? Infinite Earths. It's uh the anti monitor. That motherfucker. <laughs> god, that design looks so stupid now, the anti monitor. <laughs> you think you think those things were his teeth? Those weird like bristles or whatever? I'm not even How could it be stupid? He's the, he's the evil counterpart to the monitor. Anti monitor. <laughs> so stupid. Right. Uh, did you ever read the one, The Crisis, where Superboy punches reality really hard? I used to own that <laughs> one. That's how they rebooted uh, the uh, DC Universe, was that Superboy got really pissed off about being Superboy. And he went and he found the structure of reality and he just started punching it. And it fractured the entire DC uh, timeline. I like how now they're, they're like, let's just use that same angst, but make him bisexual. <laughs> Dude, uh, okay, so like, here's how you know DC. Like, that's the other thing. DC can't learn lessons. Is it's like, okay, you put out Watchmen and it was great. And why was Watchmen great? Because it was about a bunch of characters who are deeply fucking psychologically flawed in different ways, and that makes for compelling drama. <clears throat> and then instead of integrating that into their other characters, they just made Watchmen sequels. <laughs> <laughs> you see they're making an animated Watchmen movie, and you're like, please don't. Just stop. Huh. Stop kicking Alan Moore's corpse. The man isn't even dead yet. <laughs> yet, yeah, wasn't Has it? he done anything good recently? Alan Moore? Or Watch, or DC? Alan Moore. Has he done anything good recently? The last good thing he made was The Lost Girls, which was about, uh, what do you call it? Wendy from uh, Peter okay. Pan. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Reminiscing about all the time she got fucked by the Lost Boys uh, when she nice. was twelve years old. Gotta uh, wait. Shit, I don't. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, Alan Moore made an illustrated. It's I don't. Think, I guess it is a graphic novel, and it's about Alice from Alice in Wonderland, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, and Wendy from Peter and Wendy, just reminiscing on all the times they got fucked. And uh, let's see. So Wendy, darling, Wendy's sexual escapades meet when she meets a homeless teenage boy named Peter. Peter follows Wendy and her brothers home and teaches them sexual games. And the siblings begin, begin regular meetings with Peter and his group of homeless boys in the park for sex. These encounters are watched by the captain, a.k.a. Captain Hook, a co-worker oh. of Wendy's father who later hires Peter as a male prostitute. And brutally rapes Annabelle. I don't like this. This is what Alan Moore's been up to. <laughs> I, I think Alan Moore watched Sucker Punch and said, I gotta get another Snyderverse check. <laughs> uh, God, Alice Alice from Alice in Wonderland starts getting fucked at 14. Jesus Christ. Actually, and that's what the guy who made Watchmen uh, put out. You uh, know, I don't know if you're actually allowed to own this book in America. <laughs> I think you are. I've never read it, thanks. Uh, well, I don't think I want to read it. <laughs> well, I have to read it. I don't want to read it. I have now to I read kind it. Of feel like... if, if I'm going to play the captain in the, the sequel uh, to <laughs> Sound of Freedom. Oh, God, the Wizard of Oz chapter. Okay, so Dorothy, well, trapped in a house during a cyclone. So these are all takes on the classic tale. Uh, she begins masturbating and experiences her first orgasm at the age of 15. She then has sexual encounters with three farmhands she refused, She refers to as the straw man, the cowardly lion, and the tin man. 
Uh, okay, so Dorothy's just fucking a bunch of farm boys at age 15. If Hollywood did this, they would all be like up age three or four years. I don't know how to do this. Comes up when people talk about Alan Moore, it's like Alan Moore, comic genius, possible pedophile. <laughs> Probable. Or, or an imp- he's an impossible pedophile. Yeah. Well, because he's. Go ahead. Maybe he's writing this. Maybe he gets off not to the girls being young, but being in the mind of a young girl herself. Because he's writing the he's writing the characters as the victim here. When when they wrote Watchmen, they they just borrowed they they had acquired like Blue Beetle and Captain Adam and Nightshade and all them, and they they were just going to use those. But then they were like. DC was like, but then we won't be able to use these characters after you're done writing this book. So then they had him create yeah. new characters based on the uh, Charlton comics uh, characters that they had like acquired. Yeah, he just made his own versions of them. Yeah. And, uh, and then they just kept using them anyway. Did you see that they integrated fucking Dr. Manhattan into the core DC universe? No. Like he, he talks How? to Superman. You didn't see this? They did a whole fucking event. The idea being oh, that I do that remember that at the end of Watchmen, where he goes, "I'm going to go create my own worlds." He went and created the DC universe or <laughs> took it over or some shit. It's the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Has he met Captain uh, Adam? Has Doctor Manhattan crossed paths with Captain Adam? I think Captain Adam might appear. In, I mean, I don't know if they put him in that book or not. Captain Adam would not actually stack up to uh, Doctor Manhattan, though. But it was like, just don't do that. I don't want Batman to meet Rorschach. Like, this does not need to happen. It should be a separate, I do want, standalone universe. I do want Comedian to meet Peacemaker, just so yeah. they can have a podcast together. Comedian's dead. Yeah, but they can go back in time. There's time. Flashpoint him back, so Comedian and Peacemaker have a podcast together. Did Get you ever Negan read the, and John uh, Cena. Yeah. They had the before Watchmen comics, which was all like what happened prior to Watchmen, but it doesn't make any sense because the comedian was good friends with John F. Kennedy. When then, but then in the comic, it's like highly implied that he killed John F. Kennedy. So he's a gun for hire. Like he's the comedian. That's the joke. If he doesn't knife. do it, somebody else will. So he takes his friend out with uh, in the, the 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 kindest way he can. He knows people he can't de- save him. People are defending. The Watchmen crossover, Doomsday Clock in the chat? No. No, just leave <laughs> Watchmen alone. Just stop touching it. Okay? You know when you got, like, a, if you have a perfect, beautiful thing, okay? This is this is the problem with all media now. You have a perfect, beautiful, let's say it's a perfect golden orb, and it's perfect on all sides, deemed by God to, to be a perfect sphere, okay, that gleams in the moonlight, and you can look at it whenever you want, but you can't touch it. Why the fuck does everybody just keep touching it? Just stop touching well, it. It's you know what happens? Thing. You know what happens? You know what happens when you mess with the Watchmen? Alan Moore goes and writes books about your favorite little girls losing their innocence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you get. Now you get That's what happens when you mess with the Watchmen. Alan Moore. Oh, God. I don't know what else he's been I think he started I'm, writing. I'm like, going to read Lost Girls. Don't announce it here. You're going to get in trouble if you say that. <laughs> Somebody put <laughs> me on a watch list. You I'm probably gonna get read, on a watch list read and Lost try to Girls. read it. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know what? I'm my curiosity gonna, is peaked, but I'm gonna get the people who made Cuties and the people who made Sound of Freedom, and I'm gonna read the Lost Girls so we can is make this, that film is this, adaptation. Is this the Mr. The Girl Book Club? 
Yeah, that was the first <laughs> book. You got to read. You got to read about Wendy getting raped in the park by oh, no. Peter Park. Vito. Vito. Yeah. Vito. Yeah. Who watches the watch list? <laughs> A lot of guys in suits, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the we're gonna the, the Lost Girls, aka the Cuties of Freedom. Who watches the watch list? I do. Being, I do being rolled into production. So you guys saw that song that went viral where he's singing about uh you know the rich men north of Richmond and how uh you know what is this? On you haven't seen this this new country singer guy who showed up and every conservative's pretending that he wrote the Jason best song. Aldean. No, it's a new guy. What? But there's there's a newer how, new super yeah, conservative? But, yeah, yeah. And his song's all about how politicians are pedophiles and fat people on welfare don't deserve anything. And everyone's Whoa. going, oh, he's a hero of the working class. And I go, I don't I think if you're on welfare, you're part of the... Oh, whatever. Uh, anyway, based on that success, I don't. I think we're going to enter an era where, like... Uh, like, I don't understand how there's not, like, a big movie... Or, like, Sound of Freedom was big... I think we're going to start getting like some like pedophile hunter movies, like big budget ones. Oh think, my god, remember how to catch a predator? Yeah, I think that's going to come back, but it's going to be like way more intense. I think if they're going to have like yeah, it's going to predator and lock him in a saw type trap where uh god, we should just do saw for pedophiles. People would definitely buy tickets to that. And it's like if it's a Chris Hansen situation, it's probably going to happen. That's that's the hook of the movie is that you're watching the trailer and it's like a, to catch a predator setup and it's like it's like all right well what are you gonna do you're gonna call the cops or whatever he's like oh we're not gonna call the cops and then a trap door opens up under the guy and he goes down a slide and it's like a saw fucking hostile situation where they just torture and murder pedophiles. Okay, I think this, he would uh, this... take a bunch of money. This is not this is not an idea that should be used in the real world. This is an idea that could be used in like a film, but you know how in Hunger Games everybody um, fights to survive. Yeah, one pedo it's, gets to escape. It's it's, it's, how, it's not it's not pedos. It's it's people who are willing to give up their lives by going and hunting the pedos, and then they yeah. obviously go to jail for the rest of their life. But that's their the, the, the idea is that they're sacrificing their their freedom to yeah. take one off the street. And that's the film. It's like the reverse, reverse not, not Hunger Games, but it's like the uh, catch and release. How to catch a predator, catch and release. Yeah. You don't get released. I think just based on the way media is going, that uh, everybody wants to be hunt. Everyone's dreaming about hunting pedophiles. It's like it's like the most oh, yeah. See for a, for a young man now is like, if I caught one, oh, man, the things I'd do to him. Why not There's, just make it real and just make a, a movie out of it? There's two sides of fundamentalism in America, hunting the pedophiles and becoming them. It's sick. It's <laughs> sick. Uh, did you hear the guy from the blind side is uh, suing his parents? I, I didn't see that was what happened. I saw a little teaser for it on the news, and uh, I didn't get to the actual meat of the story. He's suing the parents. What's he suing them for? For Saying that you- they lied. They never actually adopted him. He said <laughs> paperwork and that instead of adopting him, they like just like forced him to sign a conservatorship that let them take some of his money. 
And then they sold that fucking the rights to their like story of like, oh, we helped this guy or whatever. He didn't get any money from the from the book or the movie. They're like, I think they're like, to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he made NFL money, but come on, they made a whole movie about him. He should get some. He should get a piece of that. Probably made more money from that fucking Blindside movie than his uh, career. Maybe. Yeah. No. They, if they did him wrong, then I guess kind of ruins guess, the movie. Pay it up. Kind of. Well, I mean, kinda... did, did you see the movie? The only the only good thing about that movie is that whenever I get in a car accident now, I reach my arm across the person next to me so they don't die. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could do that. I'm the blindside. I'm a big. I'm, I'm a big. Yeah. I'm like. I'm the blindside. I'm the big strong guy. I'll save. I'm better than a seatbelt. I just blindside for him, and then I save their life. That's the only good thing that movie ever did. Yeah, I did not see that. I don't watch these uh, white lady saving black people movies because I, I just don't. Something about them makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, this big, dumb black guy couldn't have done it without me. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, white lady. <laughs> well, we got to make movies to make big, dumb white ladies feel like they could save a big, dumb black guy. Or else they, yeah, that's, they, that's or they have nothing in life. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the reverse King Kong, right? Oh, my God, dude. What? <laughs> everyone, saying, please like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know, we know, we know. Yeah, we got it. Uh, everyone, please like the stream, and we're gonna wrap it up Happy in like. Happy birthday, Billy. Here, Ben, have some money. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up in like five minutes here. If we want to do one last tip train, please do. Please hook us up with one last do a tip, tip train. train. And guys, one more time. Real quick, uh, show show them this page. They're gonna love it because you okay. guys can still get on. We are still taking late backings for the Super Killer comic. Yeah, I know I've insulted all the DC fans in the audience. Look, I think sometimes it works, just a lot of the times it doesn't. It, uh, it really is a cool looking book. Uh, the story looks freaking awesome, dude. It's so man. I'm writing the third issue right now, so nice. there's so much stuff we're gonna do that's like a ton of fun. Again, the big problem is speed, but uh, I think once we get knock out this first one, uh, we'll get some assistance in there who can help us yeah. get the books out quicker. You know, it's a learning process. Obviously, I've never made a comic book before, but yeah. I put in the time to get the best possible artists, get the best possible art. Uh, I got some guys helping on the sides. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Go to Indiegogo. Check out Super Killer. Uh, get yourself a copy. It will. I'll say this. Uh, Eric July, all these people are buying 10, 20 copies. They're like, someday this is going to make me a millionaire. Guys, in 10 years, you're going to be able to sell that copy of Super Killer Number 1 for 2500 American dollars. That's my estimates. If you get a first edition copy of this number one issue, uh, you can only, you can, you're going to make a 2000x multiplier. Let's, let's say that. Why not? You're going to be rich. <laughs> You're gonna uh, be or you can just, super or you're just gonna get a pretty good comic. That might happen too. Well, this this money actually is gonna go to somebody who is uh, gonna Working. put it to great use. Yeah. They're not, not gonna, gonna buy a runner van with it. <laughs> They're not gonna buy a warehouse just to house the unsold comic books that he could have given you cheaper. <laughs> Did you see his stretch goals on the campaign? Are literally like a hundred thousand dollars? I buy myself a van. Happy. It's like that's not what stretch goals are. The stretch goals are for hey, your back. Thank you. Happy belated. My stretch goals were like you get these cool trading cards if you scroll down. Like every every you know thing we hit, I added more trading cards, and they're free. You get a free bunch of trading cards. 
Uh, Eric buys himself stuff. So uh, they're pretty far down the page. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Good work, Eric. We Here's have real one. stretch goals. Yeah, there's one. You'll see the whole gallery real quick. There's some cool ones. Yeah, they look like the the classic yeah. Marvel trading cards, like the design. There's some of artists you may you may uh, recognize, including Autistic Boobs. Mint Salad has made a yeah, card. Mint Salad. Uh, we also have Sheebie-Jeebies, aka Mr. Girls, uh, beloved, has stepped in. Oh, really? Yeah, we have a card from her. Yolo Swag Studios. I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter. He's hilarious. And you might even have one drawn by me. Can you believe it? Uh, That that last one is done by this guy who stole your username. Some asshole. Fucking guy. Now I'm curious. Your username, but you get banned. I'm curious which (laughs) one gets unlocked at 80. Because I see there's one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one way to find out. Uh, we're uh, forty five hundred dollars away from eight grand. So you know we get a couple sales every week now that the main campaign's over. I think when the book's ready to launch, we're going to publicize the page again. And go now's the time to get in. Uh, but if you lock in now, you will make sure you get a first edition copy of the book. I know people like to get the first edition, so get it now rather than later. If that, if you're a collector and you want to get the uh, the first edition book. Once I print it again, it's going to not say first edition anymore. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, tip train, guys. Tip on, train. One last time. Uh, after, after, after the show ends here, uh, for all of the patrons, we're going to be doing a booking committee where we decide some of the details of our Patreon shows that will be happening before the end of this month. So everyone, everyone that's $5 and up can watch the stream where we discuss it. Everyone $25 and up can actually join the call in our Discord and talk to us directly while we uh, make some of the final decisions on this. Oh, yeah. You have your brilliant input placed in. Yes. I'll mention once more this Friday, Destiny will be appearing on The Biggest Problem in the Universe. Come on by youtube.com slash biggest problem. It's going to be a wild show. Tip train. Woo, woo, woo. I'm woo, going to make one. a comic book about a guy with yo-yo powers who goes on local news and saves the city from an evil super gay <laughs> Nick Funes. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Hell yes. Yes. While we, while we try and stretch out the last minute donos, which uh, really uh, will be important, you guys. You got anything to say? Let us say, Vito. I, 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 I. What's your weirdest sex dream? My weirdest sex dream. Uh, He's like, no, I shouldn't tell that one. No, I shouldn't well, tell that one. <laughs> I think there was one where I was gonna have sex with my mother, and I was like, well, that's not a good story. <laughs> were you? Were you Christian? You're like, Wait, that's not the weirdest. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I think luckily I woke up before that happened. Uh, no, it's usually just like, yeah, I think it's usually just my ex-girlfriend's about to sit on my dick, and then I usually wake up before anything good happens. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Don't worry. I think she's going to get had... divorced soon, and then uh, and then we'll see what happens. I had one where I was having an affair with uh, is it Tom Hardy. Is that the guy who played Bane? Yeah. yeah. I was having an affair with Tom Hardy's wife. 
and I was in like this expensive uh, five star hotel. And he came up to the hotel room while we were in there, and I had to hide in the shower. And he and he found me, and I had to confront him and tell him, you know, that I I was banging his wife, and he was crying in <laughs> front of me, and I felt so bad for him. And I was I had to like I had to like talk him down. I was like, yeah, man, I'm sorry, dude. It's like nothing lasts forever. It was a very it was a very weird <laughs> sex dream. Nothing lasts forever. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, I think I, I I I had one recently, but now I can't remember it. I don't know if I was like about to fuck a buddy or something. <laughs> I remember waking up and being like, "Oh, like I was like really uncomfortable by it." But obviously, <laughs> you know, those uh, intrusive thoughts are seeping in. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, it'd be crazy to have the fuck fucked your mother dream and Sigmund Freud's like sitting in the corner watching oh yeah dude yeah somebody just sent me some clips of Eric July's panel from Comic Con so uh, I'll have to download that I mean the stupidest thing again about the Eric July thing is that he keeps making these videos did you see the video where he misspelled every word in it the one that we were like ripping (laughs) on no where he's like like you got to have line of sight on your customers, but they spelled it on because it was like on the pay on the screen is like cool graphics, but he spelled site s i t e. I'm like no <laughs> like website like, site like yeah. I'm like that's not how you spell that. <laughs> and another one, he's like, as a creator, you need complete control, and he spelled control c o n r o l. And I'm control? like, that's control. That's not a word. <laughs> Hold on, real quick. I'll bring. I'm, I want. I need to show you this because I screenshotted it before he deleted the video. He actually oh deleted God. the video out of shame because of me. Out of uh, shame, dude. I, I was shame? like, this is why I don't think this guy can write. I don't. He can't spell. We know this. He like doesn't have a firm grasp of grammar. Yeah, take a look at the clips I grabbed before Eric July <laughs> took down this uh, video. Uh. So the video is called How to Be Successful as an Independent. I said one way to be successful is to, uh, you know, learn to spell, have like an attention to detail, not put out a video where you can't spell half the, the words. Wow. These oh, my God. That's sight. the worst screen grab. Yes. The pause <laughs> game here. Come drunk in that, that pause. There's some good ones. Uh, you, need to, you need complete control. <laughs> How did you miss this? Oh, my God. He said, like, there's a lot of new opportunities, especially for indie film-mocking. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> You're not, not doing good here, buddy. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't like it was just one spelling mistake. It was multiple in the same video. Yeah, because I was how like... Many, oh, how many tags sure. were there in the video? This is three, where they're like twenty. only five long. I oh was my like, God. Well, I don't want to cherry-pick this guy, but how does he... Not- can he not spell? Does he not have a, an editor? That's been the one thing is I'm like, this guy needs an editor. He needs a guy to go, Eric, you can't spell. You can't write. Just let me edit the words that you put down because they're all wrong. Uh, like Even his campaign for the comic, it, you can't. it's illegible. Uh, finally, somebody went in and like edited around because it, it had all these like, Darren is a guy and he's got a farm and he's going to fight this guy. And I'm like, this, the, these sentences aren't even in the correct fucking order. Uh, I think this guy has a ghostwriter. I think he's a big dummy. And I think at some point the house of cards falls apart. But we'll see. I don't, I'd never underestimate the buying power of idiots. That's true. 
And, but that's what it was in the 90s, man. Like, in the 90s, they put out all these comics, and they fucking sucked. Like, Youngblood and shit. But everybody was just like, oh, man, but if I buy, like, 100 copies of Youngblood number one, I could sell them someday and pay for my kid's college education. Yeah. Uh, it literally feels like we're back in the 90s speculative era of idiot comics. Uh, which is why None you should of these... buy a copy of Super Killer, which will be worth $2,500 in the future. Yeah, if you buy 10 copies of Super Killer today, in 10 years, you'll be able to buy a home. Oh, you're going to be able to buy a good home with one of the ones. Yeah. With a I'm pool get a, and a, and a I'm dungeon. Get a series. That's the goal. We're going to get an animated series. Uh, we're going to have the lunch. We're going to have the merchandising. You're going to have toys. You're going to have lunch boxes. And uh, this is going to be. You already big... got tchotchkes. Oh, got toys and lunch boxes. I'm jumping ahead. I got tchotchkes. You got the tchotchkes. I love tchotchkes. There's no point <laughs> making this shit. See, I'm also mad. That's the other reason I'm mad at Eric July. Shitty tchotchkes. What's the point of making a yeah. comic book? If I can't get like an action figure or a lunchbox or some pens, there's no good ISOM merch. All he's got is like t-shirts. Nobody wants a t-shirt of a fucking comic book. He needs more. He's got the new book. All right, my book, I give you a whole thing of trading cards. You know what he gives you? A bookmark. A bookmark. What is it? The Scholastic Fun Club? Who wants a place? Well, average reader. His average reader is going to take about four or five sittings to get through that pile yeah, of shit. Yeah, you're right. They're going to need that. <laughs> I'm mad that he doesn't have toys and and fucking trading cards and all. Like that's the cool shit. That's oh no, he does have trading cards, but they're a hundred dollars and they suck. A hundred dollars for like <laughs> trading cards. What a fucking ripoff. This guy's a scam artist. Drives you crazy. Of course, Scam Lee. He's the next Scam Lee. Scam Lee. Well, uh, one copy of Super Killer will be worth as much as 10,000 copies of ISA. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Look, here's the deal. Buy a copy of Super Killer right now, hold it for 10 years, and you'll be able to trade it for the company Eric July built off of Ripaverse. Someday. Just one copy of the Super Killer. Here's what you're going to do is someday you're going to go, I have the first comic book made by Vito Giswaldi. And people are going to go, oh, my God, that guy who blew up all those federal buildings? And go, yeah. <laughs> all right? And you're going to be able to sell it for the macabre factor alone. Boom. I thought they'd say, oh, my God, that guy that got assaulted by the guy who rebooted Frasier? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Frasier reboot might be dead. I hope so. I, I, I don't know. If I I'm pretty so sure not. it was filmed. I'm pretty sure they shot all of it, and it's scheduled for release this fall. Out. Pretty all sure. Right. Well, once it once it launches, we're gonna hit it. We're gonna hit it hard. Oh, it says October first release yep. date. Yep. We're gonna hit it hard on Paramount we're, Plus. Yeah. I'm gonna watch. We're gonna go out there every day and go. Hey, did you know the lead writer uh, beats <clears throat> up comedians? Like, I'm a big fan of. Frazier, like the original run of Frasier and no one from the original almost no one from the original show wanted to come back to do the new one there's Kelsey Grammer and then there's the woman that played Lilith she's going to be on it and then there's everyone else is new there's no Niles there's no Niles there's no Daphne there's no Roz obviously there's no Martin because he died um there's the, the, what do you his, call it uh... He says, and, and the guy who played Niles is like rebooting the show is a fucking mistake. What are you doing? <laughs> we'll see. I they 
they they're bringing it's back. It's not going to be good. They're bringing back his son, but they have a different actor play. They they don't have the guy who played the kid uh, coming back. They have like a new actor to play Frazier's son, and he's going. He's leaving Seattle and going back to Boston. So they might find, all these reboots. Yeah, all yeah. these reboots are fucking terrible. I was wondering if they were going to pull in some of the old Cheers actors since he's going back to Boston. Ted Danson, you'll see some Ted Danson probably. I'm sure. Probably. Ted Danson's got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to wrap up this one. Vito, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I thank you. you. It's always great to have you on and have uh, the conversations, the, the fun conversations that piss everybody off. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how many clips get on Rip a Goldpost. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. All right. Well, Joe says he heard Frazier's reboot's going to be in Chicago. Nope. It's in Boston. In Boston. They go back to Boston, and that's why Lilith is on it more often. I've read the. I've been. I've been keeping an eye on what it was going to all be about, and yeah, Frazier goes back to Boston. You think Frazier's going to end up at January sixth? No. <laughs> That'd be great. Ay ay ay. Right, guys, we will see you next time. We'll be back on Wednesday. Our next show's on Wednesday. Joe got me an awesome gift basket of fruit and snacks for my birthday. It was so sweet, Joe. Thank you, Joey. Sweet boy, Joey. Good night, everyone. Have a good night. Good night. In the beginning, there was nothing. And then there was the Drunken Peasants Podcast. Drunken Peasants. Drunken Peasants. Drunken Peasants. Drunken Peasants. From the strangest corners of the internet. Gonna get TP'd by Billy and Ben. You know where you can find them at. Get ready cause they're gonna kick your... Drunken Peasants. Drunken Peasants. Drunken peasants, drunken peasants.